Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Charlie Clifford of Wish TV, Coach Fife in the house. As we laid out, Colts coaching search ongoing, no movement yet today, Pacers losing streak very much ongoing. And Dane Fife, most importantly, Purdue in action tonight, IU playing tonight. How are you doing? How was your ride up from Bloomington this afternoon? That was nice and easy. 37. They've made it they've made it significantly more enjoyable. Yes. Driving straight up from B Town. Only got a couple lights. Uh, no cops. At Just least peaceful. No cops for me. Peaceful moving. We followed each other earlier this summer. Dane Fife, you drive very quickly. Has that has that been a thing since the early recruiting days? I I noticed that tr- trying to trail you back from wherever we were coming from earlier this summer. Well, I you, you look, like to move. I, I like to get from one place to another quickly. I've never <laughs> been a follower. I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize myself as a leader. I just don't like following people, and especially on the roads. Now. That's not hyperbole. That's nothing. I no. just have a hard time trailing, drafting people on the expressways. You were driving like it was qualification day at the Indianapolis 500 in a safe manner. I don't want to make it. I don't. I don't want to put a target on your back here. But you were moving. I'll leave it at that. And I was impressed. And I don't. I didn't. Wasn't. Uh, I. Uh, part of it was I was just showing off for you. <laughs> I wanted to show you like this is my road. <laughs> Interstate 65. This is this is my road. Uh, we were coming back from Mulberry, Indiana. For yes, we were. That, uh, yes, we were. Don't know where that great is. Great town. But, uh, it is a great town. Good great diner there. Excellent diner. Good, good bacon you, you, cheeseburger. You know, you failed to mention we got the boilers. We've got the Hoosiers in action tonight. Let's go. We also have, okay, your Michigan State Spartans. A man right. down. They got they got Rutgers. The Scarlet Knights are coming to Sparty. They are a man down, but. You know, a great program. They're able to absorb something like that. I'm real excited about tonight's slate, so you cannot keep me here any longer than I have to be. i got to get to watch these games. Look, Purdue, 13.5-point favorite now at Minnesota. That's a 7 o'clock tip-off. Jason Benetti has the Hoosiers in Illinois, the uh, the Eric Gordon annual bowl down in Champaign. Seven-point favorite for Illinois, can we start there? Brad Underwood's team's won four in a row. They look good. Well, you know, Undy's team, Brad Underwood, Undy is what we like to call him. Undy is a little Jekyll and Hyde. Does he like that nickname? I don't know. That's a tough I think one. so. It's, it's among his friends. You know, Tim Miles, now at San Jose, San Jose State. I didn't know that. Yeah. They they uh they did the um he and uh Richard Patino did the all access game the other night. That's a fun duo. Mexico, San Jose State. Former Big Teners. But uh Undy. Back to Undy. Yes. Undy's got a squad. He kind of makeshift, put together, transfer portal squad. Seems to be a lot of the programs right now are Jekyll and Hyde with the transfer portal teams. Okay. You got more of a, a Sparty-type team that's a little more even keel. Um, you know, I think the Hoosiers have been that way. Yep. Um, you know, a little more even keel. Uh, but tonight is going to be a turning point for, for Team Undy. And the Illinois fighting a line. I can't say as much about the Hoosiers. I think the Hoosiers are still trying to find themselves post Xavier Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Race Thompson. And Mike Woodson said Tuesday 
not anytime soon for either of those two. So sorry to for Hoosier fans with their fingers crossed here. Long road ahead for the two starters. Well, they're in the same boat as Michigan State. And, but, you know, good teams, they find a way. And I think Indiana will find a way eventually, you know, whether it's tonight, whether it's uh, through the weekend and on into next week. Yeah. They'll find a way to get to where they're playing good basketball and high-level basketball night in and night out. Buy or sell that that Wisconsin win is something to something that will stick, I should say. They haven't beaten Illinois if you're just joining us, guys, Charlie Clifford, Dane Fife with you this afternoon. Jimmy Cook in the house on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Indiana has not beaten Illinois, Dane Fife since 2019 in the regular season. Got the quarterfinal win last year in March. I believe it's been 2019. Well, it's going to be tough for Indiana tonight. Illinois hot. Now, we talked about the fighting undies being Jekyll and Hyde. I think they're... <laughs> Which one's better, Jekyll or Hyde? I think. I think. Uh, <laughs> I leave that for you. I think they're Hyde tonight. They're Hyde lately, um, or is it Doctor Jekyll? But I think Illinois. Jimmy, playing... please help us. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois playing their butts off right now, yeah. and I, I saw them play against Michigan State the other night. They played well. The flip side is Indiana might be onto something too. The way they manhandled Wisconsin uh, this weekend, it, I was at the game, and I couldn't believe the way Indiana dominated defensively. Where'd you sit? Well, I sat up in the suite. I sat behind the basket. Um, I had to um, talk my way into that facility there. It's really nice. They got free food, some of the best cookies. They had pumpkin pie. I was the only one eating the pumpkin pie. Great pumpkin pie, all you can eat whipped cream. You know, I came back. My last bite, I had to load back up with whipped cream. You you really thought about that too. I, I'm a savage. I'm going to do this. <laughs> well, I'm going to do this. Well, I'd be a little obscure for the three people that know who I am at IU still. Yeah, sure, um, sure. And partake in the pumpkin pie. They they offered to let me take one home with me. But, <laughs> that was sweet of them. But I didn't. Dane Fife is here. Full day of college hoops again. Purdue, Minnesota. IU, Illinois. Pacers heading out west now as this. Now, uh, season-long five-game skid continues. It was not good last night. 17-1 to right off the jump in Oklahoma City. Dane, you don't need to be a professional basketball player. Many of us who our careers ended with church league ball senior year of high school, when you look up and the scoreboard says 17-1 to a few minutes into the game, that is a feeling many of us can say, okay, I actually know what that feels like, and that's what the Pacers were dealing with last night. Well... Look, the Pacers, I uh, went and watched them Saturday night. It was a doubleheader for me. You I watched dipped, the Hoosiers at you? one and the Pacers at seven. I watched them play the Grizzlies. You saw the dunk of the year. Oh, it was incredible. Now, I, I, ironically, that, that's Jimmy's fault. There are more people in the studio right now than have ever been in here, I, I, and I'm beginning the, to be nervous. The irony of me not being in the actual game in my seat, guess what I was doing? For that dunk. Guess what I was doing? You were, I'm going to circle back to the pumpkin pie issue you were, at IU. You were. Waiting in line to get a steak and shake milkshake. Miss the dunk. You are. Hey, Some look, people have started 2023 on a health kick. Dane Fife has started it with pumpkin pie and steak and shake malts as John Morant puts down probably the best dunk in the history was, of the field house. You know, I was reading that. I heard the crowd. I heard the crowd noise, but... <laughs> Reality is, not only was I there, I was there to see the Pacers, but I yeah. had the opportunity to coach Jaron Jackson and Xavier Tillman. I actually recruited Jaron Jackson to the Michigan State Spartans. 
That's my the one notch in my belt. Was he at Lalu at that point? He was at Lalu, but we started when he was probably about six five. His arms were about seven five, but he Good was Lord. six five, one hundred and eight pounds at Park Tudor. Yeah, uh, as a freshman and sophomore. Um, but I was there saying hello to those guys. Big Pacer fan right right now. You know why, Charlie? You want to know why I'm a big Pacer fan right now? I would love to because everyone has a different reason. It feels like we're all in the same boat, but for different reasons. Look, what is it? They play hard. It's that simple. They play hard. They play together. Look, they're 23 and 23. I'm fine with that. Yeah. They're going to keep going. They're going to keep growing. Chad Buchanan in five years will be one of the most sought-after GMs in the NBA. He's that good. He's done it a long time. I met Chad when I was a GA when I was 22 or 23 when I was a GA at Indiana. He was with the Trailblazers. We were both kind of the low end of the totem pole. So there was no gap for you? Playing career done right to GA or was there a year? I played one year in Gary, Indiana. We're going to get to more of that later here on The Fan. Again, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Dane Fife in studio. Thrilled to have him the next two days. Charlie Clifford at Wish TV. Continue about your your time with Buchanan. It goes back to, we're talking now, I just thought, you know what I thought? I thought this guy thinks so much of the young young man that he was there watching. He's going to talk to the lowest person on the totem pole, which was me at the time as a GA in Indiana. Right. You remember those conversations. Just to get the nuts and bolts of what makes a guy. It was Bracey Wright. I don't know. You you might not even have been, gosh. No, 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 no. Hang on a second. Charlie looks young. I can't tell you how old he is. He looks 25. He's a good-looking guy. Wow. He he's a guy that you'd you'd make a great wingman for, Charlie, Charlie Cliff. Hey, you know what? To your point to fill in the blanks there. I was talking with one of your favorite favorites yesterday, Mike Davis at Detroit because wow. Antoine Davis Antoine Davis, Indianapolis. Mike Davis's youngest son is coming to Indianapolis Saturday to play IUPUI. If he scores 18 points, he moves into second place on the all-time scoring list behind Pistol Pete. Wow. Back to your story. That's incredible. But to put it in perspective, yes, I was aware that Davis run, your run in 02, is like the first Final Four that I can remember. Okay. Well, I look. Juan Dixon, hope you're having a great day. Thanks a lot. Probably is. He's probably looking right at his <laughs> national championship ring. What was that, Fife? I, what are you laughing sh- I'm at, I'm buffing Jimmy? something. <laughs> That's not funny. That is not funny. We are not off to a good start between Jimmy and Dane. We're going to keep you updated today. <laughs> I two he had two big egos in here, and I'm in the middle of them just trying. Guys, be nice. Well, Stay I'm- one. I made him mad, asked him if his jersey was Derek Brooks for the Kansas City Chiefs. You didn't say Derek Brooks. Come on. <laughs> well, who did I say? Derek Thomas. There you go. Gosh. Come on, man. It's George Karloftis for everyone who's not joining us in the Drive Hubler Studios live on YouTube. It's great to see you this afternoon, by the way. It's a perfect day out there. George Karloftis is here? No, it, that's what he's wearing. <laughs> if, he, if he was here, <laughs> he wouldn't Oscars, be able to I'm fit through Karloftis this door. Today. Karloftis wouldn't be able to fit through this door, would he, Jimmy? Would those show? Would he have to come in sideways? Scott Pollard can fit through that door. George Kalaf can fit through that door. That's true. Scott, okay. hey, reset us, Charlie, because I've got us all. <laughs> I'm over resetting the place. us. I to, apologize to, to a conversation again. Charlie Clifford, Dane Fife here. We're thrilled to be with you all the all afternoon. We're going to get to the Colts coaching search. We're going to harp on some some odd stories that have popped up here early on our Thursday. But we're back to Pacers general manager Chad Buchanan speaking to a young Dane Fife. 
I believe the year would have been around 2004, maybe. And now Buchanan, who will get a ton of this credit when this Pacer team does mature into what will be the fun young team of the East for years to come. But that conversation still has an impression on you, apparently. Well, I I was just impressed that, look, he knew my name and I was nobody. I was a GA, you know, a graduate. You were somebody then still. Yeah, but. It's two I years. Mean, you were right. Not, not as it related to giving him an opinion on a on a player. Correct. Okay. I, I guess, but I was just impressed with with him. A knowing my name and B thinking of thinking that much to to seek me out among other people in the on the IU staff. Yeah. To to gain to get my opinion on the on the on the player. On Bracey. And, and uh, I never forgot that. I never forgot his name and. You know, we've we've since recon- been able to reconnect. We've stayed connected over the years, but you know, there's other people in the Pacers organization that have always had a lot of respect for Ryan Carr, Kevin Pritchard. And I'm just you Carr's know, doing the dirty work yeah, behind the yeah, scenes. And, and if you when aren't they familiar, ask, when 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 the brass of um, 93.5 the fan 107.5 the fan good asked job. me if I wanted to do this really well, good easy with the sign yeah. you didn't get that on <laughs> I thought gosh I'm not a huge Colts fan I'm on and off with the Pacers but I'm definitely on with the Pacers I can talk about the Boilers I can talk about the Hoosiers I can maybe even talk a little Indianapolis Indians um, the good news is you know we're not going to put you on celebrity jeopardy here okay Fife uh, but I appreciate you laying that out there because people are curious what the heck's going on in your world. What are you doing? Well, as I sit right now, I'm looking, I'm watching Sports Center. Uh, I've got Sage Steele and um, what the heck's that guy's name? He goes the old quarterback, but yeah. Sage has her Spartan green pants on. She does. Otherwise, she must have known you were hosting today. Living in Bloomington, I've traveled around, traveled the country, looking at different different hoops programs. Um been reconnected with friends in the business dusty may at florida atlantic killing it right now he's killing it first in conference usa ron sanchez at charlotte also killing it in conference usa i haven't gotten up surprisingly to ball state to see my man mike i know that's gonna happen but i'm gonna go see louie they're killing it in the mac right now so you get the credit really with the mid-major success stories do you have any pat kelsey background he's like the he's he's a cincinnati boy right pj fleckish type roll the boat Type coach, high energy, energy. high, high energy. Whew. College of Charleston is ranked for all of those you looking ahead to March. But you're right. Those mid-majors you mentioned, they're all playing well. They're killing it. Joe Pasternak at Santa Barbara, all IU guys. So you're going around, again, Dane Fife's here all afternoon. This is 93.5, 107.5, the fan, Charlie Clifford at Wish TV with you. What are you looking for when you when you meet, when you sit in these practices, when you link up with these guys are you an open book now? Are you trying to go back and say, how do I refine? You know, you had a hell of a run, Dane. 11 years with Izzo at Sparty, a team that you helped push last year when it looked like, hey, this is going to be a tough year one for Mike Woodson. Hang on a second. No, no, no. You're one of the hottest teams in March last year. That Indianapolis, you can go right down to Gamebridge Fieldhouse. The place was rocking that tournament. What were you trying to, what are you trying to do behind the scenes? Well, I think a big part for me right now is just to simply learn, not learn, that's learn um, how to how to run a program, but really learn 
what maybe what else is out there yeah as far as let's talk nil okay a big question for me to all these staffs i went to alabama nate oates i went to georgia with mike white um i mentioned dusty may at fau um ron sanchez at charlotte i went to these programs and since since i brought up nil you know, name, image, and likeness. What are different ways that they're hearing? What are different ways that you're they're utilizing? Because this stuff is changing literally by the minute. Right. Okay. The next aspect. Okay. Staff dynamics. How are people, how do they format their staffs? What makes a staff a good staff versus a bad staff? Okay. The next part would then be the transfer, transfer portal. Okay. That is huge right now. When I went and called the Michigan State Buffalo game on December thirtieth, okay, up at Michigan State, did a nice job with Kevin you, Kugler, Charlie. By the Coach way, Jizzle picked me up at seven a.m. <laughs> from my act? hotel. Did he and actually? It was, yes, he picked me up seven a.m. from my hotel. We sat in his office and talked for three hours about all these things, about what's next for me, about the things that I'm, we're discussing, like the transfer portal, like the um, the NIL, like. How are people able to build a team and maintain a culture, which is a big part of it? How do we maintain a culture as college coaches? Million-dollar question. Yeah, because one of Coach Izzo's main concerns is allegiance, all right? Well, look, if you take me, for example, why did I commit to IU? Why did I go play for IU? Well, it's Bob Knight. Now, as, as a byproduct of all that, I became entrenched in the IU lore, the culture, everything about IU – I became it became an obsession. Sure. Okay, to live it every day. And I think that was what's part of what was part of made us successful. Not just because I did it, but it was taught to us. It was taught to me by Brian Evans. It was taught to me by Matt Nover. It was taught to me by Michael Lewis and AJ Guyton. Go on and on yeah, and on. The system ran itself. And when you've got a new play new player, a new group of players, take Illinois, for example. When you have a group of five, six, seven new players coming in every year. It's almost impossible to maintain a culture. And that was just some some of the things that Coach Izzo and I talked about um, that morning on December 30th. But, um, you know, I'm going to go back out again in February, and I'm going to make a, a a Big 12 tour, try to go see Baylor, try Sweet. to go see um, Texas, try to go see Oklahoma and uh, Kansas and Kansas State, see what those programs are doing to, to maintain some semblance of – of a culture and and a program because that's really what you need you need the young guys to be taught by the older guys. right how do you do that nowadays i'm trying to figure that figure out. that out on the fly dane fife is here charlie clifford as well we're gonna have lara overton join us at one o'clock the latest on the colts coaching that's a search hoosier. that is a hoosier through and through Lara does a fabulous job as you know colts.com pregame postgame um Great storyteller, and her thoughts on now this list that's grown to 12, okay? Seven candidates have interviewed. Five more have been requested. Jeff Saturday has still not interviewed as far as we know. There's been no public report of Saturday sitting down. Dane Fife, it feels like that was the natural move, though. Put yourself in Jeff Saturday's shoes. The season ends. It's been a nine-week blitz. You're just trying to get people's names down the first two weeks. You're just trying to make a few adjustments, probably without pissing somebody off too much behind the scenes, a coach who's been there a few years. And then you're 
attempting to get the players to still play hard down the stretch when they know there's nothing on the line. I think they did that up until the final three games of the season. You have your end-of-season press conference. Look, Saturday took the route of defending himself, saying the conditions were not optimal to establish what I want to. I have a vision. I still believe in it. I still want the job. Many took that as this guy just made a huge excuse about this why this team went 1-7. and seven. You didn't deserve this opportunity in the middle of the season, let's face it, based on your coaching resume. And that just really sounded a lot different than what we heard from Chris Ballard a day later. Now, Ballard's been there six now going on seven seasons. He had no excuses to make. This, he, these are his players. These are his coaches. Do you believe that Jeff Saturday was given just a few weeks here? Go decompress. Get your vision together. How impossible would it have been to turn around and sit down and go give your sales pitch to Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard it's a little odd we haven't heard that he's interviewed yet, but do you think that makes sense, this gap in time now? We're going on a couple weeks. You know, it would make sense to me. Now, for those that think that, yes, Jeff Saturday's hire was outside the box, and yes, it, it probably took many by surprise, and yes, it probably made a few in the business upset. Um, Bill Cower. Yeah, yeah, and, and one, I get that part, yeah. but... I was 25 when I got a head job in Division One, And what was my cell? Well, my cell was um, that I was able to connect with today's player, that I understood the game. I was, I was advanced based on who I worked for, uh, who I grew up with. My dad was a college coach and a high school coach. Um, ultimately, what, what did I feel – got me the job at Fort Wayne Division One mm-hmm. at the age of 25. Um, confidence, my belief in myself. Yeah. And I think when I when I listen to Jeff Saturday, when I look, when I watch him, I have that same feel. Now, does that make him the next head coach? Should he be the next head coach of the Colts? I, look, I don't know the situation like that. That's for the Colts brass to decide. But I do think this. I think, one, I think that gap makes sense between the candidates Indianapolis are hiring and why they haven't gone to Jeff publicly yet. Yep. interviewed Jeff Saturday yet. Yep. Uh, however, um, I do think that you have to have a vote of confidence if if you're Jeff Saturday from not only the brass, the, the Colts' ownership and, and management, but the players. I'd be very curious to know – what the Colts players, the leadership among the players are saying. And and I just don't know. I don't know the NFL game enough to where somebody can stand up and say, hey, this is my guy. This is the one we want. I know we did that in college. It didn't mm-hmm. work. <laughs> but I think at some point when you're a leader of a team, a player, you got to stand up and you got to speak for what you think is right. But you also have to have done your homework. Dean Fife, that's a great point because we've dissected this 50 different ways, but that point has not come up. Of course, we heard from the veterans on the team, locker clean out day. They were asked, they said the right things. Didn't throw them under the bus, didn't say, hey, you know, you look at the record. I don't think I need to come. No, they, they all went to bat to some degree for Jeff Saturday. But to your point, 
who in the last 10 days has called Mr. Ursay? Because, you know, there's one decision maker here and said, hey, I'm just letting you know my vote is to keep him and let's ride with this. Because ultimately, I think by Jim Ursay not telling Jeff Saturday at the end of the season, Jeff, I apologize for putting you in the spot. In hindsight, it was an unwinnable deal. I'm sorry you're going to have to wear it, but look, it just didn't work out. Let you go back. You know, he's giving him an interview. So that means Jim Ursay has not been convinced that Jeff Saturday shouldn't be the head coach. And now you're right. What's going to matter before Jeff Saturday meets with Ursay? Certainly some endorsements on the way from big-time players could go a long way. Dane Fife is here. Charlie Clifford of Wish TV. Purdue and Minnesota tonight, 7 o'clock, 8.30. IU goes to Illinois. The Illini have won four in a row. The Pacers have dropped five straight. We'll get into the, the worst of the worst last night from Rick Carlisle's crew. We'll hear from Rick Carlisle, who, win or lose, Dane Fife would agree, Rick Carlisle gives you something you will laugh at post-game and will give you something you will think about, which is a beautiful thing. Plus... The third-ranked team in the country, Purdue. What's the eye-popping stat right now with this team that has had no problem away from Mackey Arena? That story's next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Program history. Never have the Boilers started a season 18 and 1, produced 5 and 0 on the road, the best of any Power 5 team in America. Six of their seven quad one wins have come away from Mackey Arena. This freshman backcourt has quite simply stunned not only everyone in the Big Ten, but anyone who is clamoring for a top five ranking in college basketball. This is 93.5 and 107.5, the fan Charlie Clifford of Wish TV, Dane Fife. Is here, ladies and gentlemen. We've mapped through what's going on in the world of Fife here of late. I know many of you have been very interested about one of your former IU players. And what I want to make clear here, Dane Fife, is you have been very high on Matt Painter's run at Purdue. He now has 400 wins at the university, only the fifth Big Ten coach in the history of the conference to do that. He also has 200 conference wins. Only seven bench generals in the Big Ten can say that. For those of you who don't know you like I do, I just want to put it out there that I have never once seen one ounce of bias in terms of IU-Purdue jargon on your resume, and I think many will appreciate that as they come to know that here on this show. Well, that hurts. <laughs> I'd like to hear a little IU bias, but I think back you to kept the matter it down is, the middle. Painter is a self-made guy. You know, when he was an assistant, now this is the folklore perhaps, but when he was trying to build S-S-I-U? a resume, yeah, at Southern Illinois, it's rumored that he had a apartment but did not have a tv i don't even know if he had a radio uh the iwatch the iphone i don't think existed he had more <laughs> no. of like a garage door opener it was described <laughs> as as a cell phone but he has worked his way all the way to this point and when i was the head coach at fort wayne we actually thought we this was back in the early 2000 probably 2005 six, seven, eight. it wasn't easy for coach paint and crew no in fact, it wasn't it wasn't even the paint crew back then, and they were struggling. They struggled bad when the changeover between Coach Katie and Coach Painter came on. So, so 
He's run the gauntlet. He's seen the worst of times at Purdue, and he's paid his dues. And so when I think about Purdue right now, the first thing I think about is is the workmanship that Matt Painter and his staff have put in. Um, they've earned where they're at right now, and they're exciting to watch. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer is a player from my hometown, actually was coached my, by my dad all the way up Clarkston, Michigan. And look, like it, hate it, Fletcher Lawyer to me right now is conference freshman of the year. And I think it's hands down. If Purdue ends up winning it outright, yeah. winning the Big Ten outright, be hard Fletcher to pass Lawyer him over. Is the, it's an easy one for me. And I know Jalen Hood Shafino's coming on, and yep. there's some other good freshmen. Um, you've got a couple freshmen at Ohio State. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer, to me, is hands down right now the Big Ten freshman of the year. Matt Painter said yesterday what's amazed him about Fletcher Lawyer, if you're just joining us, Dane Fife, Charlie Clifford with you this afternoon, noon to three. He said Fletcher Lawyer is playing well on the road and in second half of games as a freshman, nine times out of ten, you play well at home and you play well in the first half and then things get discombobulated because you just haven't been there before at this level. It's been the opposite for the reigning Big Ten Player of the Week. He is the first freshman at Purdue to win Player of the Week since who, Dane Fife? Oh, that's a awful question to ask me. I have no idea. You were busy at this time. It was Robbie Hummel in 2008. It's been 15 years. He's the first Big Ten freshman in the conference to win Player of the Week since Kofi four years wow. ago. Wow. It's been four years. Wow. Purdue has been in the top five, Dane Fife, in the AP poll for 20 out of the last 30 polls. Only Gonzaga has spent more time since the start of last year inside the top five. And tonight looks, let's face it, like one of their bigger layups in conference this year. Minnesota is not playing well. They stunned Ohio State to pick up their only conference win, one and five, seven and nine overall. Can I get your thoughts on the sunken floor at the barn? Well, look, that you know, my dad's got his own story of falling off and <laughs> falling off the floor. He played at Michigan in the late 60s, early 70s, falling off the court, hitting a tuba and losing his front teeth. <laughs> You're um, kidding me. Now, I have my own story and I think I learned my I, I learned from my dad um an official. His <laughs> we, name was. Can we go back to the tuba story? Your father actually lost. Tried his to front save a team. ball. Yep. Was it a was it a hockey hoops hybrid? Is that why the sunken floor existed at Michigan then? Well, I look unclear it was at at the barn. Oh, it was at the barn. Yeah. Okay. Well, Forgive me. I, for some reason, I thought you said it was at home. So this no, was this was in barn. the barn. Yeah, at Continue. the barn. Went to save a basketball. I have my own story where I went. Uh, Greg Jansen is a former official now really good official in the big 10 and there was a loose ball going out of bounds and it was heading over the press table i had a big choice <laughs> so i had the choice of saving greg jansen okay and letting the ball go out of bounds or running right through greg jansen <laughs> taking him with me and saving the ball guess what i did because I know who you played for, Greg Jansen, I think, paid a steep price. No, he did not. He did? No, no. And, and here's Can we the get irony. him on the 
Can we get him on the hotline here, Jim? Oh, he's got a great do, too. Good, solid. Can we get him over. on the Mower Shop hotline? Laura, Lara Overton's joining us at 1 o'clock if you're just listening. She'll know. I need a phone number, Charlie. Lara will know. So, listen, we end up blowing the game. We're up 12 with two and a half oh. minutes to go. It's Kirk Hastings' junior year. It's my junior year. Jared Jeffries was a freshman. We end up blowing the game. We lost the game. The final play of the game featured none other than the guy that's sitting across from you, Charlie. Charlie Clifford. We're here with Charlie Clifford. None other than the guy sitting me. across from you. Threw the ball. Oh, dear. Off the Minnesota scoreboard. <laughs> trying to throw it to the other end to a streaking Jerry Jeffries. Scoreboard got in the way. So, so you were under the, the far hoop and it hit. You didn't even get it onto no, the playing surface. Might have sailed on me a little bit. Um. Fife was not the emergency quarterback in Bloomington. What did you hear after that game? You, I assume I you thud. you like, walked. How slow did you walk to the locker room after that game, knowing I'm walking to my death? Look, after not the, only did I not go for the loose ball, we couldn't break a press, we couldn't make a free throw, um, we couldn't even was get Guyton the, ball the point guard who was in charge of the press. Well, we break. had myself, we had Tom Coverdale, we had Kirk Haston, we had Kyle Hornsby. Uh, Guyton was gone. That okay. was one year removed from okay. Guyton. So that you know, throwing it off the scoreboard, that was just the the pinnacle. It was just the you give yourself a, a chest tap guy. That that's on yeah, me. That's on that, that's me, guys. I made the sail. Get on out me in front of bit. it early. Hey, went you up, know what? Me sailed on me. Nobody else just fault. got away from me. You know, uh, Joel Prisbilla was standing in front of me. He's seven wow. seven nine. There's a name with a nine and a half nine point nine. Inch was he a reach. piston at one point? Who did he? P- I'm not even he, sure. He bounced around, he was right? In my face. Yeah, hawk. He was in my face. That's not an easy pass. No. It, Got away. If you're just joining us, we're doing the best of the best barn stories. Purdue, Minnesota tonight. You've mentioned Fletcher Lawyer, Zach Eady, Dane Fife. Can you guess blocks to fouls? Fouls to blocks. What's that ratio this year for Zach Eady? Let's let's look at it from blocks to foul, personal fouls. Would you guess? A certain way, does he have more personal fouls or blocks through 16 games? That I he's know he's got more in? fouls committed against him. That right? would be accurate. I mean, that's that's what we're that, discussing that's... here. And then blocks. Um, gosh, that is a great ratio. That man, not a ratio you read about because it's it's almost an impossibility yeah. if you're a big man, right? right? You're going to foul more than you get your right. hand on. You know his his sheer size changes routes to the rim so often um you know i i simply am astounded at the way that he's able to now go from what 20 minutes a game to to 30 30. that's big but it's even bigger that he's able to stay out of what you mentioned foul trouble that's a huge part of his game because fouls obviously they hinder you but you know, you get your first foul early in the half, there's a chance, especially the big, a guy like Zach Eady, because he's there's so much contact involving yeah. him that you play apprehensive the rest of the half. And the fact that he can play full go, you know, uninhibited, uninhibited Good. throughout, thank you, throughout the game, I am very astounded. <laughs> and astounded is the word. It's not that I can't think of another word. Astounded is my word at how well he's able to manage his 30 minutes 
playing all out 95, 98% of the time, Zach Eady. To me, right now, best player in college basketball. 37 blocks, 27 personal fouls. He's played in 17 games, 10 straight double-doubles. Coming off the 30-piece, up in East Lansing. He 30-piece He did. And when it counted, too. It wasn't 26 in the first half and a couple cheap ones in the second half. He, he is the story in college basketball. And he's got Fletcher Lawyer making huge free throws down the stretch. Dane Fife's here, Charlie Clifford, Jimmy Cook. Some news and notes to pass along here as we approach quarter to one. Lara Overton of the Colts is going to join us at one. Jeremiah Johnson's on the road with the Pacers. They're going out to Denver for a game tomorrow night. We'll get JJ's thoughts on how this thing has sidetracked without Tyrese Halliburton, as many of you expected. Byron Leftwich is out as the Buccaneers OC one year ago. Leftwich, remember, former Jags franchise quarterback. When you think of Jaguars quarterbacks, it's Mark Brunel and him ahead of what Trevor Lawrence did last weekend. Leftwich was like in on that job. It was going to be him. It was being reported. It didn't happen. It goes to Doug Peterson. Brady comes back. They try to kumbaya with Ted, Todd Bowles. They put in one of the worst offenses in the league, the worst offense in the NFC. They let Tom Brady throw it a million times. He had the most completions, most attempts by far in the National Football League. Now it looks like Brady's going to go elsewhere, and Leftwich is out. He has to be thinking to himself, what just happened the last year? I was on the cusp of being a top candidate, and now I'm out of a coordinator job. If the Colts go with a defensive mind or Jeff Saturday, they are going to need a young, fiery, talented offensive play caller to mold whoever is going to potentially save the franchise in the draft. Chris Ballard doesn't want to go there. He knows everyone's going to anoint whoever they take early as the savant, as the savior. It's not going to be that pretty. You just watched. It took Trevor Lawrence three years to do this now. And could he end up with the guy who Trevor Lawrence was going to be paired with in Byron Leftwich? Jimmy's giving me hand signals. Jimmy, what else am I missing? Do we need to do we no, need to time that, out? That was the two minute take warning. A break, but that was that was never mind. Not important. That was yeah, the two minute. I say you bring yep. in Nick Saban. Will Nick Saban ever leave Alabama? Nope. Okay. That's that's a good place to start. When we come back, we will get your thoughts on One of the oddest stories I've read in some time. We're going to bring you the full story from Boone, North Carolina, involving a police chase that Dane Fife will certainly appreciate. Plus, what can the Pacers figure out without Tyrese Halliburton? It doesn't look like many wins are going to come until Halliburton returns. Fife's take on this young core trying to scramble in real time. This is The Fan. We're back after this. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Joining us from the great state of Michigan, he enjoys the game of basketball, and he's now on Celebrity Jeopardy, Dane Fife. Welcome, Mr. Fife, to Thank the you, program. Sir. Thank you, sir. Dane, it's a privilege to have you up here. We will not do any Celebrity Jeopardy with you. Dane was rattling off earlier, trying to vouch for himself, (laughs) saying, hey, I know a little bit about this. I think I can do this. Dane Fife, it's an honor to have you in studio today. And 
if people are just joining us, yes, Coach Fife is surveying the country, gathering intel on different programs, and eager to add to your playbook behind the scenes. Have you made a decision about, hey, I know, I know I want to get back into coaching, or is that has that not a has that not hit you yet? It hasn't hit me. Great question, and I mean that with all sincerity because every time it gets asked, it forces me to think about what I want to do. I next. know, I know. But that's the joy of it all. The idea of doing something else entices me. Uh, I'm certified in insurance now. I'm certified in about eight lines. Okay, so something goes wrong when you're ready for life and health. You know who to call. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm here. I'm, yeah. I'm here talking with you. I'm on radio. Something that I've always thought about doing that would that kind of piqued my interest. But by and large, I love to stay in sports. I love working with people. I love... It's all you know. I love, as corny as it sounds, I love talking with people. Uh, the Michigan State players will tell you, I love to talk. Yes. But I love getting to know people. I love getting to know people's stories. I'll save you the sappy junk. But the reality is basketball, it's not my, the end-all, be-all. Um, it's just the vehicle for what you actually vehicle, love. Great word, vehicle, for, for my ability the relationships. to help and serve people. Yeah. Well put, Charlie. Well put. No, uh, that makes me guess that you you miss recruiting. I think a lot of coaches probably say, oh, God, if I just couldn't recruit. I, my guess is you. Did, did I tell you that? What no. did I say? I do. I, I really miss recruiting. I, I miss being able to select a family, to select a player that I know should fit the program, and really digging in and getting to know them. And their successes, but the failures, yeah, they, they hurt, but they make you hungrier. And they make you better. And, you know, over the course of this year, I was let go by Indiana. All right, fine. I have my story. Uh, they have theirs. But for me, and, and I'm lucky to have great people in my life to help me keep me focused, not be bitter, to keep keep on the line of, you know what, what can you learn? What can you learn from it? How much have you leaned on those people? Not many can relate to being a high-level high Division One basketball and that lifestyle, but the fact of when life changes abruptly and it wasn't part of the plan, how much have you leaned on folks behind the scenes? Dave? Well, there's been nobody more important than than my family, my wife, Blair, who went through it with me. We're both IU grads. We yeah. moved down there. Um, my parents, they're still up in Michigan. My, my two brothers. Um, I've had guys that are incredibly successful in this business or in my business, Tom Izzo. He's been with me every step of the way. He's with me when I left Michigan State, Yeah, with me throughout the year. He's been, I mentioned the December 30th, we're talking for three hours in the morning, mostly him talking. Um, I just had lunch with Jay Billis, um, and I'm not name dropping. No. Uh, I guess I am a little. What I am I know saying what, is I know there's saying. people in the business, there's good people that, that help others. Um, yes, we're in the entertainment business, but I think that's just by default. We start out, us coaches, most of us by and large, start out with the intention of, look, I just want to coach basketball. Yep. I want to work with players. I want to work with kids. I want to work with people. I want to help young people become adults. And for the most part, it remains true all the way up to someone as successful as Tom is or Jay Billis. 
It's well said. Dane Fife's here this afternoon. 107.5 The Fan. Charlie Clifford here as well. We're going to close the hour with, Dane, a story I thought that would perk your interest. Yesterday in Boone, North Carolina, there was a John Deere on the loose. We had a high-speed, low-speed pursuit for an hour. (laughs) And this is courtesy of WYFF Channel 4 covering Boone, North Carolina. In Boone, a man is facing a slew of charges after he's accused of leading police on a slow-speed chase on a stolen tractor. The tractor reportedly hit several vehicles, a church and a dumpster, and rammed into a police vehicle. Police finally stopped it by shooting the tires out. Police say the driver, Ronnie Hicks, jumped off the vehicle while wielding a knife. An officer used a taser and took Hicks into custody. She still runs like a deer, Dane Fife. 20 miles an hour, hit a dumpster into a church, knocked over two cars, was tased on a foot pursuit. And for all of you that thought, you you know, my day is not going too well here in Indianapolis. You're having a better day than that gentleman, again, in Boone, North Carolina, who was attempting to head towards greener pastures on his green John Deere. I don't know. That's a new one for me. <laughs> I love, we had Rob Perez on last week, Worldwide Wob, for everyone on the Twitter sphere who follows anything interesting on a nightly basis in the National Basketball Association. He lives in Los Angeles. A lot of times, the local LA affiliates will pick up high-speed chases. It's just something that happens in major cities across the country. Wob will document those on uh, in, in real time, and it's actually interesting entertainment outside of being very frightening situations. That one was new for us, and I just wanted to close the hour with that. Lara Overton is in next. Uh, We're still three minutes away, so we'll get to Lara as I continue to make false starts on these breaks here. Jimmy Cook's going to save us again. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy, we're getting close to divisional weekend. How are you feeling about your matchup with, with Trevor Lawrence? This feels like Burrow last year. All right, it's going to end. It's going to end. It was a nice run. They came out of nowhere. And then it didn't end in Arrowhead Stadium. Look, Christian Kirk is worth every penny that he ended up being paying for, and I was wrong on that to start the year. I thought they well overpaid, and that was a bad move by the Jags, but he's been phenomenal, worth every penny. That's what happens when you spend on the playmakers. Jamar Chase is not out there. T. Higgins isn't out there. Trevor Lawrence worries me. Doug Peterson worries me more. I would make the argument that he is – Maybe the second best coach left in these playoffs. Wow. The fact that he is back is what worries me more than necessarily Trevor Lawrence in that receiving core. My assumption is you're deeming Reed being the best coach left. I I didn't say who I thought was the first best. I just happened to say that the second best is Doug Peterson. You (laughs) can read that however you want to. Kyle Shanahan. Sorry, pal. (laughs) Uh, Interesting. Interesting. We're going to get into the divisional matchups. The Bengals are going to Buffalo. Maybe you'll see DeMar Hamlin pop out of that tunnel pregame and that moment for all of us, again, as we continue to learn more and more about the great strides DeMar Hamlin's making. He's been in and around the team facility, it sounds like, most of the week. And what a story to start 2023. We were here two weeks ago when it you didn't know where that was going to go. And as we continue to say, as Dane was just mentioning – you know, the reminders in life to just keep at it. 
DeMar Hamlin's given us a, a big injection of that to start this new year. Lara Overton next, Colts search. The players that have free agency decisions and are waiting on the news just like you and I about who will the head coach be. Does that mean I want to return to Indianapolis and potentially re-energize this franchise and return it to where Chris Ballard believes it can go next year? Or is the decision with head coach going to just remind me, hey, it's time for a fresh start. I do not want to risk going through that again. I can tell you, it was not a very fun team to be on this year. They kept it together. No one was thrown under the bus. But that was not an exciting brand of football. And we'll get into that with Lara Overton, Colts.com, next. It is a beautiful Thursday afternoon. Your third weekend of 2023 is about to commence, and there's no better way to do it than riding shotgun with Dane Fife this afternoon on 93.5-1075. The fan inside the drivehubler.com studios. Lara Overton is going to join us on the MowerShop.com hotline here momentarily. Charlie Clifford with you, Wish TV. The Pacers did not keep you on very long last night in Oklahoma City. Dane Fife, 17-1 to to start, down 16 in the first quarter. It's the question Rick Carlisle is trying to figure out as he flies to Denver to see the Nuggets tomorrow night. Jokic and the Nuggets off to the best start in franchise history, 32-13. and It's going to be a tough one. What if what are you telling Benedict Matherin, Andrew Nemhard, two rookies who are playing big minutes now, who have the ball in their hands a ton more because of Halliburton sitting? What are you asking them to do? Because the turnovers, Rick Carlisle said just preposterous yesterday. Twenty four led to thirty six Thunder points. Well, that happens. Those are the kind of things that happen on the road, especially with a young squad. Now is it can it be tolerated? Absolutely not. But Rick Carlisle has done this a long time and has had many successful seasons with different groups of players. And one, I trust he knows what the heck he's doing. But two, um, he's got to be excited about this young team. Yeah. Um, Whether they're sitting here waiting on Halliburton to come back, you know, uh, Sticks. What is it, Sticks? Yes, Jalen Smith. We want Jalen Smith, Sticks. Sticks is in and out. who went from but, zero to hero after he was taunting the fans at Assembly Hall a few years ago. Now he's like, hey, this is a really nice now guy. They love him. He's a really nice guy. But, uh, you know, what, they're 23 and 23. Yep. And, you know, they're on a five-game skid. But what they have going for them is excitement. They've got young guys that are hungry. And how do they get out of this current skid? I don't know. But I know this. Let's play hard on the road. Let's do the right thing. Stick together. Let's get back home, see if we can put one together, hopefully get guys healthy, hopefully get their minds right, and get these young cats back. Because there's nothing more dangerous than than a young player, a rookie player, because they don't understand the pressure. (laughs) They say the same thing in college. Yeah, I mean, these guys are 19 and 20 years old. They're not 21, 22. They haven't been exposed to the, the rigors of the media, guys like... Oh, wait, guys like us, guys like Jimmy, <laughs> the big um, bad meanies of the world. So I think no, if you're Rick Carlisle, you want to you want to find a way to to keep this thing together on this road swing, however long it is with injuries and whatnot. Yeah. Win or lose, be competitive. But, but let's get back. Let's get back home. Let's get our feet underneath us 
and get ready to win some games. It's been a week since Tyrese Halliburton went down with the knee and elbow. It was going to be reevaluated in two weeks' time, so you're potentially halfway there. Joining us now, right now, in the Mower Shop in Fishers and the MowerShop.com hotline, all your snowblowers, commercial and residential mowers, plus service and power tools, it is Lara Overton of the Indianapolis Colts. Lara, Charlie Clifford, and Dane Fife, thank you for coming on this afternoon. First and foremost, how has the start of the offseason been for you? You had a crazy 18 weeks, and that was after a busy training camp. Have you enjoyed a bit of a breather? It's been a bit of a breather, but I also am trying to constantly keep pace with all of the different either head coaching candidates that are interviewing, have been interviewed, or are rumored to be interviewing or that have been requests put into, because I think we're up to about a dozen nearly at this point. So I've been trying to keep track of that, although it has been nice to have like the full weekend. We had a three-day weekend uh, last weekend. Office was closed on Monday, so had an opportunity to catch up and just be at home, uh, which is fantastic. And then be able to at least kind of keep tabs on, on things from there of trying to see, you know, what's going on, what the feedback has been on certain candidates, on certain interviews, and sure. also trying to just brief yourself on a few of the resumes. Because, Charlie, I know that you know this. Like, when I get into the thick of the season – I'm so Colt-centric that yes. I have trouble keeping tabs on, you know, what's going on in the NFC or the remainder <laughs> of the AFC outside of the AFC South. So just trying to familiarize myself with a few of the candidates who seem to be not only hot names for the Colts, but, you know, hot names with other coaching vacancies as well. So trying to stay abreast of that. But it, it has been nice to not just, like, kind of catch up and decompress, but also to be able to sit back and watch all those fantastic playoff games and just kind of be a fan of of football. I'm with you. Look, we're all looking forward to the divisional round. I thought the opening round, Lara. Dane, I would love your thoughts on this too. The wild card games, outside of really the second half between the Niners and the Seahawks, you couldn't turn any of those off, could you? Hey, they were off for me. I'm a Lions fan, pal. <laughs> you're, you're you're abstaining from playoff football. <laughs> no, I was traveling. For the last but, seventy years. You know, I can just picture Lara right now. Now it sounds like she's indoors, but she could be just in her camper, her RV, <laughs> or her Porsche 911. But I got a sense that I passed her on the way here, staking out the Colts facility. At wow. least, at least Lucas Oil, waiting for the next candidate to come in. <laughs> But she's definitely in her camper. Best, like, doing my best, like, TMZ, like, trying yeah. to catch people coming or going. I now, could just see yeah. her in her you, camper. You know me too well, Dane. That La- would be a Cousin Eddie camper. Lara, those would have been your those would have been your local TV days here. Now now you're on the inside of the wall. Now we're like, hey, you think I can text Lara? You think she would let me know, like, what, what the deal is? You're on the inside. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to think so. I mean, I am. I am inside the same building, but... Everything is is pretty tight when it comes to exactly the process that they're going through and exactly any feedback on, you know, what candidates uh, have, what kind of the process has been in terms of what they've learned about certain guys or who they've liked or haven't liked or who's been really strong. Because that is all pretty well, like, isolated to, you know, the Chris Ballard front office bubble. We're just just over here, you know, preparing for – 
the draft series and doing our off season work and doing podcasts and all of that. And just kind of, you know, waiting for the updates and the alerts uh, as they come through. But yeah, Dane, for sure, you know, a good, uh, like a good breaking bad style RV. (laughs) (laughs) Out of the side trying to find, you know, Wink Martindale and Shane Steichen and Raheem Morris, like catch them outside their hotel or, you know, when they're on their way back, hopping on a plane, uh, yeah, I'm not. Luckily, I am. That's not in my realm of investigative television. I still think a good insider, though, Lara, is is someone that knows before it happens, hmm. and, and and that was simply my way of giving you credit. Of all right, you're going to know. You're not going to have to ask questions. You're just going to know, because that's that's a big part of your job is to to stake out and know what's going on. Yeah. But in all seriousness. Um, I sympathize with you because the amount of secrecy, it seems like the NFL is less secretive than an NCAA hiring, like an NCAA basketball or football coach hiring, but the amount of secrecy that goes on, it's got to be hard enough just trying to to either dispel rumors or not, let alone you work for the Colts and Mm -hmm. and you can't really really address whether it's a rumor or not. You got to wait for Mm -hmm. the facts, but... The, the amount of secrecy that goes on in these business, it's just, it's perplexing. I suppose it's necessary, but... Um, I feel like the Patriots changed the fact that they made that such a priority. Deflate game? Do you feel like that's trickled oh. down? Like, they they made it, and Bill Polian, very much so, of the same, same uh, Lara, from what I've gathered, Bill Polian was the same way. And, and surely, if you're interviewing 12 candidates... You, if you like somebody, you better hope that doesn't get out because now you're at a competitive well, disadvantage. Well, I, you're absolutely right because there are already other head coach openings that these guys have you know, had conversations about or you see situations like in Detroit where Ben Johnson has already gone back you know, to, uh, to – says he wants to stay there, pulled his name out of the consideration. And I think that one of the things that makes it a little more difficult – you get any inclination or any sort of a tip on how they could be leaning a few factors one of them is this net is so broad it's coordinators it's offensive guys it's defensive guys it's special teams with Bubba Ventrone it's interim head coach Jeff Saturday in consideration it is so very broad and so wide that it doesn't seem to be tipping off that they're favoring you know, one way or another, or a guy who has right. head coaching experience like a Dan Quinn uh, in, or, you know, Raheem Morris in, in that way. So it's a little bit of everything. You have incredibly young candidates like the offensive coordinator in uh, New York. I mean, it's so wide and so broad. So that makes it difficult. And then I also think there is such a priority on trying to be not secretive, so to speak, but on being very intentional and, you know, being as confidential as possible because think back to the last head coaching cycle for the Colts and what happened (laughs) with Josh McDaniel and what you went through. So you want zero and not that I I don't think that that would happen again. That seems to be such a rare and unprecedented occurrence, but it has, I think, probably made you more so, um, I don't know if it would be hesitant, but just very much so is that you are as diligent and as thorough and being incredibly tight to the vest with how you're prioritizing this process and who is where along the process. So we are like as 
best we can, you know, keeping tabs on it. JJ Stankovitz is reporting when certain guys interview and when those have concluded. But yeah, other than that, we're kind of hearing, hearing very little to this point. It'll be interesting as we get through into the next two weeks because right. you have coaches who are still in the playoffs who are delaying any interviews until after the divisional weekend because they have teams currently in contention. So that's one thing we know. And then we also know that Chris Ballard said this could go into mid-February. <laughs> right. We're not going to rush to anything. So they're going to be, if there is someone who they are highly intrigued by, who is on a team that's going to the conference championships, then they might wait. And this could drag out a little bit longer. So I think it's, it's one of those where it's uh, fun to – try to dig in a little bit and, and see maybe where guys rank or, you know, the likelihood of this guy or that guy. But it's truly, I think, just way too early to tell. I agree. Lara Overton's with us of the Colts. Again, great perspective here of, yes, we're hearing things. The list has been massive, you know, already up to a dozen potentially that will interview five requested, seven already done. Jeff Saturday, one of those that officially, as far as we know, has not spoken. Larry, do you have any idea what was going to go on? Anything you can share about what Jeff Saturday was going to do for these couple of weeks? I assume he was ready to take a deep breath and to try to, almost hit the reset button again before he had to interview. Is that fair to say? As best I can tell, and I have not asked just this directly, but it seems based on everything that I can gather that he immediately shifted into building out the, his vision of what this team would be under his leadership, how he would construct a staff. Right. Because that's a lot of phone calls. Yeah, that was, that's one of the primary questions because Jeff doesn't come from a typical coaching resume, no. obviously. Whereas you think about, you know, when, when Coach Reich was hired, hey, he went and got Nick Sirianni, who he'd been with with the Chargers, and he had guys who he'd made stops with, you know, along the way who he knew or recommendations from other coaches who he'd who had been a coordinator at time that he'd had in previous stops, all of those types of things, right? He pulled guys from Philadelphia, Mike Grove, Press Taylor. You think about all the different ways that he went about, you know, building some guys. So it would be very interesting to see what Jeff Saturday's vision is for how he would tab a coaching staff where he didn't necessarily come up through the ranks of position group coach the coordinator like the you know traditional path would take and then vision for how he would fix some of the clear dysfunction that was exposed within this football team yeah. over the 2022 season so it see Jeff is not and Charlie you know Jeff well enough that he's not a guy who kind of like kicks back and like rests on his laurels very well <laughs> no. he, he's I mean you think about when you would see him on yeah I mean you know as a player he was in here doing everything. And then uh, as a TV analyst, he was on four or five different shows over the course of a day. He doesn't just sit around. He doesn't take recreational time <laughs> no. very well, I don't imagine, no. right? Like, he works out, he spends time with his family, and he works. So it seems that the immediate uh, attention and immediate focus for Jeff went to preparing himself for this interview cycle, probably having conversations with different guys who have gone through maybe interview processes, 
to plan on what to expect or, you know, what he can do. But I would sure, you know, be sure that, you know, as an offensive lineman, what do we know? They're some of the most cerebral guys and well-studied guys on a football team. So I would think that Jeff implemented the same approach that made him, you know, a ring of honor, Super Bowl champion starting center to preparing for this interview cycle with the Indianapolis Colts. No question. What do you got, Daniel? Larry, I, look, I think uh, as much as a head coach is important, I think you win a Super Bowl based on one of two things. One, you got a great QB, or two, you got a great defense. Where do you think the Colts are? I mean, we've, we've done a lot of head coach talk. Um, we've heard we're almost suffering from head coach fatigue already. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the Colts are in trading up uh, to get a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud from Ohio State? Has there been much talk about that? I'm sure there has. I hope there has. Man, if you've got head coaching fatigue now, you better buckle up. We've got a long way to go. We've still got a whole month of this to talk about, probably. Uh, But, no, a, a great question. I haven't heard much yet on the likelihood of any sort of moves. Of course, in knowing the scouting department, and we do our draft series with the next pick every year, we will begin shooting that next week, and oh, we will sweet. go down to the Senior Bowl in Mobile. So that'll be a very interesting evaluation. What is something to take into account, though, is those who are juniors exiting college don't participate in the Senior Bowl. So some of those intriguing quarterback candidates, you know, whether they one, they can elect not to participate in the Senior Bowl if you are a senior, but then they're also just not eligible. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the quarterbacks who participate there. Um, not that that would necessarily have any bearing on the Colts' consideration of, of any quarterback over another, but again, I go into you know my well of Indianapolis Colts football during the season that. I haven't seen a whole lot. I haven't, you know, I don't have a a great um, base of knowledge or, you know, a great sample size on a lot of these quarterbacks. Um, But, of course, it is one that Chris Ballard said, if there is a guy that you believe is is the guy for your team, you will move heaven and earth to get to that position of getting the guy you need. And it seems that Chicago is in such an advantageous position because it, it would be unlikely that they would target one of those quarterbacks, given that they have a promising young quarterback in Justin Fields, who it seems like that they're going to build a team around and they should. So there are a, there's a lot of intrigue surrounding what bargaining could happen with Chicago to move up into that position. Um, Because sitting where you are, it's a bit of a gamble to think that if there's a guy you believe strongly in, that he is going to be there when you are selecting. So it's still a little, it's not terribly early um, in the process of kind of looking at the likelihood of having to do that. But I just think for the Colts, you have so many other imminent priorities by getting a head coach and building a staff and doing all of those things that you have to address that first before you're really able to hone in on what you're going to have to do to be in the position to get the guy that you need when you get to that last weekend in April. And I'm very curious how within these head coaching conversations, how frequently it has come up, what the plan is at quarterback. You're right, Larry. I mean, there's, it has to be the first question of every interview. 
What are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking in the draft? What are you thinking about a potential short-term stopgap with someone who's actually taken a snap in the National Football League so we don't ruin the rookie after four weeks if he's not ready and you know he's not ready, but you have to play him because you don't have a backup plan? It's It feels like the Colts have left the season, and I don't think this is a reach, that really that depth chart, one, two, three, I mean, is it is any name filled in anywhere, or do you feel like nothing is off the table in terms of filling that one through three slot? What's your perspective on that quickly? With the stats associated with this offense in 2022, nothing is off the table. Yeah. You, you, have, you have to completely look at that and you know, take every different Jenga piece and rearrange it in every possible position to figure out. Okay, and they were we, all on the floor. We're we, picking them up now. Yeah. <laughs> it was not. This thing was not. The structure was. Is it? Is it one of these veteran guys that you bring back to mentor? Uh, you know, and and help mold the young quarterback? Is it none of them? Is it Sam Ellinger? Is it Matt Ryan? Is it Nick Full? I mean, I think you have to look at every single possibility. There has to be a full examination, of course, of of everything that each of those guys brings to you. Because you think about when Frank Reich walked in in 2018, had he been interviewing and it wasn't Andrew Luck at quarterback, would that have been as enticing of a job? Or how much different would that have been for Frank when assembling a staff and assembling an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach if that position was unknown at the time? Yeah, it's a great point. I want to get out of here with this. This is Lara Overton, Colts.com. You follow her coverage all off season long again. The great storytelling that the Colts do, that's going to pick back up. That credit goes to Dave Knickerbocker, Matt Bone, Amber Durow, Matt Wilking, Kevin Connors, and of course, Lara. There's a huge staff. Those stories this off season uh, will be must-watch content as they always are. Guys, let's go through the slate of games this weekend. I need a quick thought, quick prediction on each game. Again, Dane Fife here, Charlie Clifford, Jimmy Cook, Lara Overton on the Mower Shop Hotline. We're starting Saturday night in Philadelphia. The heinous language that is most certainly on the way for when the Giants run out of that tunnel to take on their rival and Nick Sirianni and the odds-on favorite in the NFC, Giants-Eagles. Lara, I'm starting with you. Who do you have? I have the Giants with the upset over oh, the Eagles. Holy Lord. Brian, Brian Dable, it is, it's a toss-up on Coach of the Year for me between Brian Dable and Doug Peterson. But wow. I, this is something that I think watching that New York team firsthand, it just seems like that they are on the ascend. It seems like a team that is incredibly feisty, incredibly hungry. They're a gritty football team. Uh, they have a very hard-nosed mentality. And I, I just feel like that Philly has exposed their vulnerabil- vulnerabilities in some situations. Um, and obviously, Jalen Hurts had to yeah, he's a little, off. That a little banged up. Coming back. And, I mean, that is a, <laughs> a defensive front that will get after you and make you pay. So if, I'm going to take the Giants to the upset. If Daniel you Jones – if, I, you know I love Nick Sirianni. I mean, I, I think I think Nick is one of the I don't best question guys that. out there. I don't question it. Is anyone else picking that uh, up? Yeah, I'm going to say, Lara, the uh, Pepper Johnson and Jeff Hostetler and uh, Hostetler and, and LT Lawrence Taylor are not coming out that door. I'm taking the Eagles and the points. Our Parcells is yeah, watching someone. I've got to be go. honest. I was on the fence, and I was leaning towards the Giants pick for a second. I was like, now nah, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Valera has sold me. I wow, want the G-Man as well. All right. We're a split house. We have two giants. Jump right in. 
Appreciate that. We have, we have two Giants logos, two Eagles logos, one other game, the other one that feels like it's going to be very tight in the AFC. Bengals, Buffalo, a lot of emotion, everything. It's amazing how recently all of this has transpired. Most importantly, we're thrilled DeMar Hamlin. His recovery is going completely in the right direction. The Buffalo Bills are a five-point favorite. Lara Overton, who wins the game in Buffalo on Sunday afternoon? I feel like, although that was a, a such a close game, closer than it should have been last weekend, that Buffalo is a team of destiny this year. So I am taking the Bills at home, and that is primarily because of Naheem Hines, and I want him <laughs> – I want him to get to an AFC championship game. That guy deserves it. So it's a little bit of a, a homerage to me, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I just do. I think the Bills are a team of destiny this year. Okay. Buffalo going to finally crack Joe Burrow. He has not cracked in the postseason spotlight. Jimmy Cook. Who do you have in Buffalo? He does not crack this week. This is where not having Von Miller is really going to hurt the Bills. This is where the secondary issues that have happened with DeMar Hamlin's absence. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're very glad that his recovery has been what it is. Certainly. That place is going to be rocking. I think it's a shootout. I think Josh Allen finally makes that mistake that has bugabooed him this year in the red zone. Bengals win a close one. Dane Fife. That's an easy one. The, the Bengals, <laughs> we're, America is riding the Bengal train all the way to the bowl. To the big bowl, the Super Bowl. They're going to go back to back. back Absolutely. To back? My train's a one exit stop. I just <laughs> clarify that. Just yes. Quick. Okay. You want Cook wants the rematch <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at Arrowhead. Uh, I'm going Bills. I'm with Lara Overton. Team of Destiny. Uh, I I'm, I think the Bengals, the Cinderella thing finally strikes midnight after two years. Final thought. We're, is anyone going Jacksonville? Can I just shout that out here now? Again, Lara Overton's on with Jimmy's us. Jimmy's not. He's got his Tom Gugliotta. Jimmy. <laughs> George Karloftis. George Jimmy's Karloftis. certainly not. Lara, speak now or forever hold your peace. Chiefs moving on. I think it's going to be a tight one. I think I think Jacksonville will give them a game, but I'm going to give the advantage to Kansas City. Okay, yeah. Chiefs don't, sweep. Don't, don't lay the eight. They, they don't, Chiefs do not cover. Take Jim- it from the Chiefs fan. They do not I'm, cover. I'm with, scoop scoop I'm the with, nine there. I'm with Jimmy Cook. Okay. This is our final thought here. Again, Lara Overton with us, Charlie Clifford, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook. We're going around the horn. It is the game Sunday evening. Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, with the help of T.Y. Hilton, going to see the team that has not lost since essentially Halloween. And that is the last pick of the draft, Brock Purdy leading the Niners at home. Lara, starting with you, does the Cinderella story continue for Brock Purdy? Or does Jerry Jones get closer to a Super Bowl than I don't know the last time the Cowboys were in an NFC championship game? I covered the game in Green Bay when when Des Bryant had the catch that wasn't a catch that would have put him in an NFC title game. Larry, your thoughts? Who wins it in San Fran? Brock Purdy has been one of the feel-good stories of the entire season, but I think that Dallas is on track. I think that they are riding so high after that win last week in Tampa. Got to figure out the kicking situation. They're keeping the kicker. Were you stunned they they are keeping the kicker? They they signed another guy I saw, though. Is it it one of the workout situations? They did not cut the kicker. Yeah, it's not the kicker. It's the holder. You guys got to pay attention. Well, certainly not Matt Overton, another one of Lara's favorites. No relation. That's right. (laughs) Certainly not his fault. Brother from another mother, as I like to say. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm taking the Cowboys. I, I, yeah, I, that is probably, though, to me, the toughest pick of the weekend. I could be persuaded another way, but 
having I, I think that having a front row seat to so many of these playoff teams this year, which you know, obviously Philadelphia and New York, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Dallas, like I saw so many of these teams in person that I, I mean, I have a little PTSD still from <laughs> Dallas in that fourth quarter and seeing what that defense was able to do. So I think I'm 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 going Dallas on this one, and uh, I think Ty Hilton finally get you know finally oh. gets there. Yeah, that Cowboy team in the fourth quarter on Sunday Night Football might have beaten the 85 Bears. Fife, where are you going, Niners, you know, Cowboys? Lara, Lara gets these long explanations, the breakdown and the rationale of why she... We, I, it's I nice get to bring some rational thought ten, to the show. <laughs> it's hey, a real... Purdy's getting down and dirty in Levi Stadium this weekend. He, I'm going Niners. Take the points. Wow. The Cowboys are giving up right around five yards per carry. It was 1995. Comes playoffs. With the 1996 inside. January is the last time the Cowboys were in a conference championship game. I was one years old. They are going to have to wait. 27 they are years. They're going to have to wait. Get him, Jimmy. Another. Get him, Jimmy. The latest heartbreaker. Yes. Christian McCaffrey is going to dominate against this Cowboys Ooh. defense. Take the pressure off Brock Purdy. Niners win. Take that, Lara Overton. Charlie. It is a long week, okay? You, you played you played Monday night in Tampa. Also now you got to go out frogs. west. I feel like the extra the extra leg work. I'm with you. These these weapons. We all talk about, okay, how can the Colts get back on track? Look at the weapons Brock Purdy has at his arsenal. What would Brock Purdy done in Indianapolis this season? I'm sorry. I don't think it would have looked much different with him here. You need the playmakers. Kyle Shanahan has, for my money, the best playmakers left. And that includes Cincinnati. That includes the Chiefs. He has the full package. And just tell this kid not to wake up. He struggled in the first half. He came back at a great second half. I'm going Niners. That a baby. Lara Overton, wow. we've taken too much of your vacation. Please hey, go Back relax. to Jenga. No, not Right I'm in back office. to Jenga, Lara Overton. Are you going to watch the IU game tonight, Lara? Uh, without question, absolutely. Okay. I, I am. I'm locked in. I, I, for some reason, I thought it was last night. <laughs> I got home and I was like, "Oh, good!" Like, cheer on the IU game. And then I'm like, "Wait, what day of the week is it?" Oh, wait, it's Thursday night. I'm totally off. Here, I'll throw this one out to you guys. We do Please. a random thought of the week on the podcast every week, and this was my random thought of the week, which I will pose to you three guys. Of the four games this weekend, if you could choose to attend mm. that game and experience the playoff atmosphere in any of those places, what would it be? However, you have to go in the attire of the visiting team. <laughs> oh, what a caveat. Oh, man. That was a twist at the end. That was a layup question. Now this feels like a half quarter. San Francisco. I'll go with the Cowboys gear. <laughs> I know there's bad blood there, but those oh fan bases, gosh. I don't want to be a Jags Decades fan Decades old. I do not want to be a Bengals fan in Buffalo. Walsh. Uh, I mean, come on. The, the Cowboys couldn't get over the hump against the Niners for years. And then finally. You want to go to Philly in Giants gear? That's I, what you want to do? No, because you'll end up in the hospital. <laughs> I'd go Bengals, Bill. I'm it, with Fife. It'll be get so damn cold. Nobody will care. Mafia. You know what? They're I, nice. I, I've switched my mind. And it's not just because they're nice. It's because they're their nice. shared camaraderie. Yeah. Buffalo, what yes. happened. Yes. With it's DeMar like going Hamlin. to a pack. We're all Bengals right fans, That's no the right matter answer. what. That's the right answer. We're You're throwing welcome, Fife Jimmy. through You're a welcome. folding table, Lara. We're throwing Fife <laughs> through yeah. a folding table. Get, hey, here's one thing I'll tell you. You give Dane Fife some Buffalo wings and a little bat. Hey, he'll be oh, 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 folding oh, table and all. Put on some Zumba. <laughs> I love it. Zumbas. That, that should be Dane's new Twitter bio. Buffalo wings and a Labatt. Lara Overton of the Zumbas. Colts. 
Lara, this was a blast. Thanks for your insight on the coaching search, the quarterback question, and what's going to happen this weekend in the playoffs. We'll talk again soon, okay? Hey, look forward to it, guys. Have a great weekend. See you, Lara. That was so fun. And what a good question to get out of that on. When we come back here, we need to take a breather. Jeremiah Johnson, 2 o'clock. Pacers are going out to Denver. They've lost five straight. We've got Dane's early thoughts on what the young Pacers can do without Tyrese Halliburton. Um College hoops there. We're going back to the Indiana conversation. Can they pull an upset against who, the red who, hot who, Illini who team tonight? In the Orange Crush, Fife starts next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Indy, what's happening? Phoenix is on the airwaves. Charlie Clifford, a wish TV with you. Dane Fife, seated shotgun Jimmy Cook here as well. We've just broken down the games this weekend some split houses on what's going to happen specifically Niners Cowboys and um uh also with Giants Eagles we were a bit split there uh the others feel like more of layups potentially with Kansas City and uh well we split on Cincinnati and Buffalo too what am I talking about Dane we were we can't agree on anything which is great that's the way we prefer it around here um Pacers are going to see Denver tomorrow night. The Nuggets are off to their best start in franchise history, 32-13. and 13. Of all the games that Tyrese Halliburton was going to miss, maybe this one was the one that looked the most daunting. Now you know it's been five consecutive losses. The Pacers are now 1-5 without Halliburton this season. They haven't been particularly close in any of these games. They've given up 119-plus in four of the five during this losing streak. Carlisle post game yesterday saying 24 turnovers, 36 points. That's just preposterous. Um, but he also admit, admitted Shea Gilgis Alexander is an MVP conversation type guy. Dane Fife, uh, SGA, as you know him now, as he's becoming a star in the Western Conference, was a plus 38 in 29 minutes. How improbable is that? from a statistical standpoint, to put up a plus 38 in 29 minutes of play. Well, that's a great stat line. I like where that that ended up it's for win SGA. You some games. Uh, yeah. Especially in an NBA game, because those things can fluctuate so much and so easily. I mean, when I was at the Pacer game Saturday night playing against the Grizzlies, and I think the Grizzlies were up 20, 21. Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine said, hey, let's, let's think about getting out. Let's get out of here. Maybe for another milkshake. I'm like, oh, we already missed one good dunk. Next thing you know, but it, it changes so quick, they're only up eight. And the way the NBA game, because of the shot clock, can move and leads can come and go, um, you're never really out of it. So for SGA to have that kind of stat line, mm-hmm. I like to see where he's at uh, throughout the season. But for Rick Carlisle to say you're, you're doing some NBA or some MVP, uh, MVP type. type things, that that was a shock to me. I, I I've been paying attention to the NBA not as much as maybe you or Rick Carlisle, but to hear that, 
Wow, I'm gonna have to take another look at SGA here. He's right there in scoring top five over thirty wow. over thirty a night. And when you look at down the stretch when these games become do or die, Jokic is in there in terms of scoring. Tatum's up there. I, I mean SGA again, Shea Gilgis Alexander, young point guard that was involved in that Paul George trade. Paul George goes to the Clippers. This young point guard comes back to Oklahoma City. They've gotten their tails beaten the past two seasons. They've stuck with their head coach. It's another example of, hey, ride it out. Let it come together. And now they're right around 500. And he may very end up, well end up as the scoring champ this year. Which if you had those odds preseason, you're going on vacation for free for a year. Um, Pacers, Nuggets, Jeremiah Johnson, Pacers, Bally, Indiana, pregame and postgame host, joins us at the top of the hour. We just heard from Lair Overton. We wish her all the best this offseason. There is not much new to pass along on the head coaching search. It's going to be Mike Kafka potentially here very soon. Giants, young OC. I remember Kafka, Dane, his Northwestern days playing at Evanston. That felt like five minutes ago. He's jumped into the league as a backup He's flown up the boards in terms of young offensive minds, and obviously everything's come together for Brian Dable. Wink Martindale, the defensive mind, you remember that name from the Ravens, years and years under John Harbaugh, those all-or-nothing defenses. Martindale's now with the Giants. It's gone well to the point he's now getting head coaching interviews. He'll talk to Jim Mercy. And then Dan Quinn. Dan, can you guess, of the 12 coaches... The Colts have either interviewed or are waiting to interview and have publicly requested. How many have head coaching experience? Um, I'm going to say two. That is correct. Boom. Two of 12. You've coached. You know what it's like dipping your toe in the water for the first time as a head coach. It is college basketball. It is not the National Football League. Should that be... One of the deciding factors for Jim Irsay in this decision. I know so many of you are going to laugh. We're like, hey, did you see what he did two and a half months ago? But now, when you know you're bracing for this storm to try to get your franchise out of it, and you can't afford a mistake or more fans are going to start to walk away from this team, where on the power rankings is, does he check the box? Has he done this before? I don't think that's a should be a primary point of emphasis when you're looking for a head coach. I, personally, you know, I, I'm of the Eric Bieniemy type, guys that have served under some elite, elite coaches, Andy Reid being one of them. Jimmy's uh, very excited I'm about partial this. to Eric Bieniemy. I knew I was a fan of Dave. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's great Colorado days, Eric Bieniemy and Slash, those great Bill McCartney Colorado football teams. But He was a bulldog. I only, I only bring, yeah, he was, he's tough. I, I only bring up that because I think um, too much is said for, for maybe a recycled former head coach or perhaps a coach that, you know, might have thought he was retiring but decides to make a comeback. I don't think that should be a critical component of any hire. I think there's too many good coaches out there. You know, you mentioned Byron, Byron Leftwich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is almost like you were describing my career when you were talking about you know penthouse to outhouse Mm -hmm. but i think when you get a scenario like the colts have there it's it's always a Mm crapshoot but when you've got the built-in credibility of say an eric b with with andy reed or um you know we can go down the list that it says as much as any 
sitting head coach or head coach with experience or having experience with head coach than anything. Someone who fits both of these components would be Raheem Morse, the defensive coordinator to the Los Angeles Rams, wins a Super Bowl with Sean McVay. That defense, outside of that fourth down conversion, the, the jet sweep to Cooper Cup, then the touchdown pass the Cup, his defense won that Super Bowl. They closed out Joe Burrow at midfield in the clutch. He has a generational player in um, Aaron Donald, but he was a young head coach in Tampa Bay. He was in the penthouse very early in his career, took over for John Gruden. He admitted probably wasn't ready, didn't go very well. He serves serves as an interim in Atlanta under Dan Quinn. So he got another taste of being the lead voice. And now it appears that his journey has put him back on the doorstep Many expect him to land somewhere. There are five jobs open. Last year, I think there were nine. So a significant difference. Not a great year to be like, hey, this is my year. You're just not going to know. Five jobs isn't a ton. But Raheem Morris would be someone who potentially checks both those boxes. Um, I don't know. The rest of this list, Dan Quinn brought the Falcons to the Super Bowl. Matt Ryan's going to be on this roster. Whoever takes over the team, number one decision is, hey, you, know, you got to have a conversation with Matt Ryan. Tell him either thanks for coming out or try to find a trade partner. That was so cool. Charlie. It's reality. God. Matt Ryan's not going to be here next year. (laughs) Unless unless there's a big change of thought process from him, he thinks he can still play. I don't see. At least delivered a little nicer. How would you approach Matt Ryan and say, hey, Matt? You, you, you've you sat one time in your NFL career as a backup. That was the regular season finale. You think you still have some juice left in this arm. Could you be the backup here? Could we? But they, it's too much money to be a backup. It just, it wouldn't make any financial sense. Yeah, I, you know, I think a guy like Matt Ryan that's seems by all accounts a pretty good dude. Fantastic uh, Which human doesn't being. make a difference in what I'm about to say, but I think he's going to have a sense of, Look, I don't want to put myself and my family in a bad situation, so I'm going to do what needs to be done. I don't think it's going to be about any type of dollar. Uh, I, th- I, My sense of Matt Ryan is he's going to make the best decision for he and his family, but part of that means if I'm Matt Ryan, do I want to subject myself to all this scrutiny, whether it is a backup? Do I want to subject the, the quarterback above and below me to all this scrutiny? I think it's a lot simpler than maybe we make it, mm-hmm. um, us media folks. Um, and I think in the end, I think uh, my sense is that Matt Ryan is going to make it pretty easy for all involved. It's a good point. Legacy on the line here too, right? Potential Hall of Fame quarterback. Not many go out riding number two. Normally you're, you're going out either playing or knowing yeah. I'm not going to play, so I'm right. going to step aside. Yep. It'll be a decision for Matt Ryan that he admitted locker clean-out day. Next six weeks are going to be interesting for everybody in that building, including the 15-year vet under center. Dane Fife, Charlie Clifford, Jimmy Cook, top of the hour, Jeremiah Johnson joining us. JJ. Latest on the Pacers. Johnny Cueto, a baseball name that has been around forever. 16 seasons. He was introduced in Miami this afternoon, and for my money, it was one of the more epic entrances we have seen from any professional sports player heading to a new team. That story's next on The Fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Indy, what's going on? It is divisional round weekend, and we are all waiting to see what transpires. Dane Fife just grabbed himself some chips He's ready to go. Charlie Clifford with you, Wish TV. Jimmy Cook is here. Byron, Byron Leftwich, excuse me, out as the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It appears this could be the first domino of many departures this offseason in Tampa Bay. Where is Tom Brady going to wind up? Or is there a major change of events coming? And is this it for Brady after what's been a very long year on the field and off for the greatest quarterback of all time, I know that that stings around here. But our friend, uh, our friend Lara Overton has sent yes. a text in. You were mentioning about Brett Maher earlier. Yes, uh, she sent this. This is from Jane Slater on Twitter. And Cowboys kicking news: Brett Maher nailed all six kicks during the portion available to the media. Their <laughs> newly signed kicker went three of five. Feeling good about the potential to keep the Cowboys kicker who missed. A NFL postseason record, four extra points in Tampa Bay. The NFL released some sound. We love these things, the mic'd up portion of the games. You know, okay, who gets that sound? That's all NFL films. The NFL allows certain things to become become public in those nice mashups on Monday and Tuesdays following games. They included Dak Prescott, a couple expletives, and just saying, let's go for two. Forget this already. They they allowed that to become public, which was a nice glimpse into what was going on on that sideline with the Cowboys. I mentioned coming into this timeout, Johnny Cueto, a pitcher who's been on the bump in Cincinnati for some major games, has been a World Series champion. Uh, you remember his days with the Giants. He's played 16 seasons. He's 36 years old. This very well may be his last stop of what's been a very impressive career. Introduced in Miami today at Marlins Park, there was a press conference. Johnny Cueto walked in, draped in the Dominican Republic flag to a loud Spanish heartfelt ballad, something that would come out of the 80s on a sappy day back in your heyday. And it felt like me, Jimmy Cook, this was Kenny Powers would have signed off on this. It was one of the most fantastic entrances I've ever seen to a press conference of all time. Johnny Cueto, we salute you. Did it bring a tear to your eye? I was mesmerized. I was lost in exactly... He walks in from center field to the mound, bows in each direction of the field. It looked like there was a contingent of a handful of media members there. Dane Fife, did you watch Eastbound and Down? Uh... Do you watch any TV? Are you watching shows now that you are no longer in a gym for 17 hours a day every day? I flat out watch sports 24-7. I love it. I did watch some Three's Company yesterday, so let me take that back. I I watched probably two straight hours of Three's Company. Jack Tripper just does it for me. Um, Is it the four to six time slot? What what time was that on in the Fife House? Uh, probably noon to two. Good. Yeah. A little afternoon. So it got real from no soap operas on here. Two. Yes, Reagan Fife. She was home for lunch. She she exited the room, went to her virtual reality space. Get away uh, from my dad. Yep. Nine year old was not feeling Jack Tripper. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Johnny Cueto, well done in all you've done. Stan Van Gundy, 
had an interesting back and forth on Twitter yesterday. Jimmy, did you see this? I did see this. Dane, did you see this? I mean, KD just can't <laughs> find a way to get through to Stanley that look. Dane, buddy, what happened here for I those who don't know your language, Stan? Stan was on talking about injuries. All this non-contact stuff, strains, hammies, you know, stuff that keeps you out of games now in the NBA saying, look, there's something wrong here. What did KD respond with? Essentially, hey, bro, I'm speaking your language. Stan Stan Van Gundy, I just don't. Stan Spittin' was the exact tweet. I I can't, I can't, I I, I don't agree with you, you know. I could not believe the back and forth that I read this morning. And I didn't. His art. I can't recall the verbiage, but he's just trying to explain to Stan, <laughs> look, I'm on your side on this, big bro. And Stan just was not feeling it. <laughs> Kevin Durant comments, uh, Stan spitting, which, you know, lingo if you follow basketball now. Okay, he's, you're speaking the truth. What, I agree but, with the but facts But Stan, in fairness, he does have a history of really throwing s- extra salivation. Yes. Um, salivating. He does spit when he talks quite a bit. So, in fairness to Stan. Yeah. His guard came up. He defended his stance with a, a lengthy rebuttal. And then a fan chimed in. No, Stan, Kevin Durant's agreeing with you. It means he's <laughs> spitting facts. Stan's final response, I had no idea. I, I'm pleading ignorance. I had no idea. That, we should have a Hall of Fame for stuff like that on Twitter. That's the stuff. That, Definitely a top How 10. is that website free? That's when we ask ourselves, how is this free? Look, Father Time is undefeated in a lot of ways, including different <laughs> lingo and conversation vocabulary. It comes for us all, but Twitter magnifies that. Yep. Yep. Well Force said, Dan. Jim. It's tough. Well it's tough. said, Jim. Dan Van Gundy, we're with you tonight. Uh, we're coming back here on the fan momentarily. We're going to have Jeremiah Johnson, Pacers pregame and postgame host. Dane's take on what is on the line in Champaign. Dane, very quickly, Jalen hood Shafino has averaged 17-plus the last eight games. Is there enough firepower offensively if we take out, let's assume they're going to play decent defense tonight against an Illinois team that looks a lot different. Is there enough firepower right now with the the subtractions of Xavier Johnson and Race Thompson? Yeah, I think there is, and they're learning to play without those two. And TJD continues to find different ways to impact the game. And if somebody doesn't figure out the Hood Shafino, Trace Jackson Davis, Hood Shafino turning the corner in the middle of the floor, coming downhill on a ball screen for an easy pull-up, Jay, I might have to shoot up. <laughs> Make him do something else, guys. What are we watching? He's walking Make him into do something these, else. Walking into these jumpers. It's incredible. And he's hitting them. And I give him credit. Yeah. I give I give the staff, I give Jalen, I give Trace. Trace is getting them open. They must be think, worried about the lob. I'd be. Sure. But let's throw another guy at him. Mike Woodson this week on what is ahead tonight at Illinois. Again, the Illini, Brad Underwood's team. Four consecutive wins. They're now back to four and three in the Big Ten. Well, again, you know, I, I thought our last two road games, we, we got off to a decent start. You know, even the Penn State game, I thought it was, you know, back and forth and and then, you know, eventually they just smacked us and we didn't we didn't answer the bell. Um the the thing, main thing is just staying within what we do and playing hard. I mean, that's 
that's the biggest key on the road. You know, like I said earlier, you know, you you have to defend and rebound the ball, and you can't you can't gift them points. I mean, it's it's hard enough playing on the road, but you go out on the road and you throw the ball all, all over the the gym and give them easy opportunities to score. That defeats what you know your defense is all about. I mean, your offense is all about rather because it puts so much pressure on you. You know, to get stops every time down the floor, man, that's that's tough. It is indeed. Are you seven different starting lineups, Dane Fife? Last year, team you were part of only started four different groups. Is that a factor of just injuries? Is that something else? Well, injuries play a role in every season, and good teams find a way to to play through them to adjust. But um, we, if if you look at IU, they've they've got. Some seasoned veterans, Miller Cop, Galloway, this is his third year. Trace, you know, Race is on the bench, X is on the bench, but those guys can still serve their purpose. Um, you've got Tamar Bates now in his second year. but And then the one guy who, who should play like it, should be a freshman, plays like almost a junior or senior is, is Hood Shafino. And so right now I think Indiana goes by and large as far as Hood Shafino can take them because – he does so much in terms of handling the ball, guarding the other team's best player typically, mm-hmm. and really what they need from him night in and night out, he has to score right up to his average. He's got to score between 15 and 20 points every night in order for Indiana to, to win games like tonight on the road in Champaign against the fighting undies of Illinois. <laughs> the Orange Crush ready to roll. Illinois seven-point favorite, Purdue 13 and a half point favorite on the road at Minnesota. That's your early game, 7 o'clock. Hoosiers, Illini, 8.30. Jason Benetti on the call. Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook, Charlie Clifford, Jeremiah Johnson joining us next. Pacers heading out to Denver. The latest on this team trying to end a five-game slide. We'll connect with JJ in two. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And those two trips would be Denver and Phoenix. Rick Carlisle postgame last night in Oklahoma City. Thunder led by 16 after a quarter, led by as many as 29 late and... A nice night for Ben Matherin on a personal level. Dane Fife's here, Charlie Clifford of Wish TV, Jimmy Cook. Ben Matherin matched up with Lou Dort, Dane Fife, and both of them are Haitian Canadians hailing from Montreal. Matherin looked up to Dort as kind of, all right, here's somebody who is just like me, who's made it from my hometown. You remember the, the bubble series where Dort went off. I recruited Lou Dort. I recruited Did you Lou really? Dort Sparty. I thought we were going to get him, and uh, Arizona State swooped in at the very end. Big Lou. Big Lou. Funny. Coach was that Izzo. Hurley who got him then? Was Hurley already out? Yes. Okay. Yes. Coach Izzo, uh, I'll forget it. I won't forget it. He's, he said, <laughs> how, how, does he, uh, how does he shoot the ball? I said, well, yeah, it's a little dicey right now, Coach, but he makes his free throws. He says, good enough for me. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're – trying to get on a plane to Montreal to recruit Lou Dort. Did you go? Did you make the trip? We ended up not. uh, Weather got us, but uh, try to hear Coach Izzo practice up on his French. Um, Maybe to say hi to Lou in French. Um, I got to open with something that's going to connect with them. (laughs) Lou Dort and Ben Matherin. uh, 
Matherin said above everybody else, who is he looking forward to playing most? It was it was Lou Dort. And that's a great way to tip off our conversation this afternoon inside the drivehubler.com studios on the mowershop.com hotline with Jeremiah Johnson, Pacers, Bally Sports Indiana, pregame and postgame host. Jeremiah Johnson, where on earth are you uh, this afternoon? Have you arrived in Denver or are you in transit? We are in Denver. There's snow on the ground. I'm looking out my hotel window, and there's a couple sitting in a hot tub. So I'm not sure uh, how smart they are, but as long as they're below water, I guess they're okay. That's hot. That's hot, JJ. That's hot. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of snow here yesterday, but it's, uh, it's okay today. We landed just fine, and we're now in the Mile High City. Fife was at the game Saturday. Trying to flag you down. Yeah. Got nothing. JJ, oh, can you man. get can you guess where Fife was when Morant threw down the dunk of the year? He wasn't uh, in his seat. That's a hit. Line. <laughs> close. Steak and shake. No, not a bench pretzel. Sto- no. It's close. Steak, Steak and, and shake. shake. Okay. Milkshake line. Well, <laughs> I didn't know that. Here's the problem with that. They they pre-make the chocolate shake. Everything else is fresh. So I'm eating like a, a bowl of ice cream instead of a milkshake. Sorry, shake and shake. <laughs> Maybe throw a sponsor our way. At least a, at least a freshly made shake. That'll I digress. Go ahead, that'll, that'll line them right up. Spark the nerve. Spark the nerve. Sales department will love that. Um, Jeremiah Johnson, your your memory of – since we have Dane in studio today and tomorrow um, – were you as glued to that 0-2 run? Where was Jeremiah Johnson at in his journey here when, when Dane Fife was helping oh Mike Davis gosh. to the national title game? I was absolutely glued. I was an intrepid sports reporter at WTWO in Terre Haute. So wow. any opportunity I got to make a, a trek over uh, US 46 to Bloomington, I took advantage of that opportunity. So we, we covered some games, and actually at the time, uh, my wife was a senior in college, so the night of the Duke game was actually a night off of work for me, and I watched it at Yogi's, and that was quite mm. memorable. And then I was mm, able wow. to actually come over the week of the Final Four and do some interviews. So, yeah, I was I was all about it. I was glued to all the action. Man. JJ, did you have a favorite interview of that team, if you can go <laughs> back in your WTWO archive for us? Well, I, I'll share one, and this is no disrespect to Dane because – he was a great interview. Thank you. But uh, Mike <laughs> Davis's son, who's now the leading AJ. scorer in Horizon League history. Yes. He was correct. around a lot, right? Antoine. He was always around. It was like, he was my big brother. Antoine was. He was two and a half. <laughs> showed me showed me the ropes of how to be a man. He was actually listening to Coach Davis. <laughs> so one of those days, there was a Final Four, or before you guys left for the Final Four, there was a media day. He was sitting at one of the tables and everyone was interviewing you and Odell and Jeffries and I said well you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna interview Antoine and so I interviewed him and someone took a picture one of the AP photographers and it traveled around the state so that was one of my first uh, brushes with fame is that I chose to interview Antoine and Uh look where he is right now. JJ always on the ball when it comes to great human interest stories (laughs) forget these players let me get the coach's son and I know so many of those photos now, when you look back, Mike carrying Antoine off the floor, it's the red tie with the black jacket. and You need to find the one that has the uh, note taped to Antoine's back that said, Coach, 
please give us a day off from practice today. We are tired. <laughs> and it worked. Thing? And it worked. Lo and behold, Coach Davis comes out from the office, looks on the floor, looking for me, looking for Coverdale. He said, you guys really want to practice? You guys really want to be off practice? He said, yeah, Coach, we're a little beat up. He said, okay, get some shots up, work on some free throws. But you know what? It may it did wonders for us. It meant a lot because we were worn out. But uh, we would do little things like that with young Antoine to help help our cause at any point. I love it. The irony of this, gentlemen, Jeremiah Johnson with us on the Mower Shop Hotline, brought to you at MowerShop.com, all your snowblowers, commercial and residential mowers, plus service and power tools. Antoine Davis shows up Saturday afternoon with Detroit playing IUPUI 18 points away from moving into second place on the NCAA's all-time scoring list. He will only chase Pistol Pete Maravich, likely after Saturday afternoon. And, J.J., it's in Indianapolis of all places. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It does it does make us feel a little bit old, I'm thinking, though, right, Dane, when you hey. hear those things and, and see those things? J.J., when you find that picture, you need to have it printed onto a T-shirt. Yes. You and Antoine. That, I'm going. I'm going to that game. interview. Good. Huh? Yeah. No. Hey, J- Sorry, JJ, go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> I was going to say, with Dane's practice story of, gosh, coach, we just need a day off. What is the feel right now? We've all watched the last five games. Any team in the NBA without its star is going to struggle. It feels like maybe this was a little worse than some Pacer fans expected. What's the pulse of just from a stamina standpoint, this has been a bit of a grueling stretch. I think you do realize just how important Tyrese Halliburton was to this team and, and will be once he returns. And the, the goal, I think, over the next couple of weeks or until he's able to return is to just get back to you know winning when you can and feeling a little bit better about yourself. January is always the hardest month in the NBA, <laughs> no matter what, even when fully healthy. It's kind mm-hmm. of that dog days time where – You're past the halfway point, but the all-star break is still about a month away. And, you know, teams are starting to look at the standings, but still April playoffs, that's a little bit of ways away. But the Pacers are in a position where anytime they get a chance to win a game, they really need to take advantage. And when Tyrese Halliburton was healthy, there was a stretch there for about three weeks where close late Tyrese Halliburton just came in and won you the game. And now if it's close late, you kind of look around and you're wondering who can – can make those plays and you had an opportunity against the Hawks you really had an opportunity as well against the Bucks now the game Dane saw against the Grizzlies that's one where you just tip your cap to Memphis because they are yeah. as Rick Carlisle said maybe the best team on the yeah. planet right now and Oklahoma City was a bit of a buzzsaw because they've won four straight now and they have a real identity with a healthy all-star MVP type of candidate in Shea Gilgis Alexander so it's a tough time right now and you're going to face a back-to-back Denver Phoenix at the end of this road trip with still without Halliburton. So I think they're trying to search a little bit for answers and just try to figure out how they can get by until he returns. Dane Fife, young players with the ball in their hands more than they're used to. Benedict Mather and now starting with Halliburton out. Andrew Nemhart, the former Gonzaga star, played off ball. Now he's on ball. I would love your and Jeremiah's thoughts on just moving off ball to on ball for the first time. He lit it up against Steph Curry in one of the best games of the year so far out West, but just a totally different role. It looks like, well, Jeremiah, aside from you giving me the, uh, look away, the no look, uh, <laughs> as I was trying to flag you down, I was 
10 people from you. <laughs> I, I was oh, so man. impressed just t- talking about the Grizzlies. He had a job um, to do, Dane. He was working. I and I was upset about my milkshake. But listen, I, I, I thought that the the dudes that keep coming off the bench for the Grizzlies, um, you know, Jaron Jackson's, I mean, the, Xavier Tillman, they got Clark. Um, you know, you mentioned Carlisle seemed to think that the Grizzlies might be the best team on the planet. Um, you know, and then talking about the young guys mm-hmm. um, having to handle the ball with with Nemhard going against a team like the Grizzlies, um, who literally, I mean, I use the word dudes because they just keep bringing players, athletes off the bench. Um, you know, Jeremiah, do, do you get the sense that, yes, January is very hard. I thought that was a great point. But do you get the sense that, um, you know, the Pacers are watching a team like the Grizzlies and they're they're kind of comparing themselves? What do you think uh, – what, what do you think is next for the Pacers in terms of when you compare them to the Grizzlies? Well, some of the off-season discussions, I think that Kevin Pritchard, Chad Buchanan had mentioned Memphis as a little bit of a model. And I think with all respect to what Memphis is doing, let's go back three seasons. They had Jaron Jackson Jr. They had a young John Morant. And as I think it was a 2020 draft that they were able to get Desmond Bain, which turned into one of the steals of that draft as the last pick of the first round. Wow. And maybe the next season they'd win 22, 24 games. And it was a ticket that, no one wanted when they went around the NBA. Now they're one of the hottest tickets in the league, and it's only three years later. And what they did was each year they kind of added a piece. They developed an identity. And the experience that those guys got that season and the season after is paying dividends now to where they are a cohesive unit. And as you mentioned, the, the guys they brought in off the bench at different times, they've really fit with exactly what that coaching staff is trying to accomplish. So uh, Pacers fans saw this team got off, get off to a really good start in, in November and then in December win 8 of 10 and really feel good about themselves and started thinking about what could still be accomplished this season. Right. But I do think fans need to take a little bit of a step back and understand that when this season started, the goal was not necessarily to look at the standings in April and project where you would be. Now you're ahead of schedule and you're right. certainly thrilled with that. But now you're realizing without Tyree Taliburton, there still are some holes in the roster. There still is some things that can be accomplished from a team-building perspective. And so um, I understand fans can get frustrated during a five-game losing streak. That's never fun. But do look at at what Memphis did and think about, okay, where can this team be when Halliburton, Nemhard, Matherin have a year or two of experience playing together and they're not eyes wide open in some of these areas and I think Tyree Talliburton is perfectly content in any situation and I don't think Benedict Matherin is going to back down from anybody but you know Andrew Nemhard to Charlie's original point he played a lot of point guard at Gonzaga but he got in the starting lineup this year because of what he could do defensively now mm-hmm. you're going to these right. games with a second round pick and you're asking him in one week to guard Trey Young guard John Morant guard, guard Shade Gilgis Alexander and oh yeah also be the primary uh ball handler and distributor on offense. It's a lot to ask from a rookie, but this experience will help him a year or two down the road. I know seniority's probably sometimes in play. Andrew Nemhard should be first in line for the ice bath post game because of the names Jeremiah Johnson just rattled off here. It's a great point to point out, okay, maybe you're a little frustrated with how he scored the ball. 
think about the defensive assignments. JJ, this team is playing without its best player. Again, Jeremiah Johnson here, kind enough to join us in Denver tomorrow night. Nuggets, Pacers, Jokic and Co. 32-13, and 13, best start in franchise history. Who are some of the pieces on the coaching staff behind the scenes that you des- believe deserve s- some shine in the spotlight? This thing has come together well. Assuming Tyrese Halliburton comes back in a week or so, there's nothing to say that this is going to be an elongated stretch of continual struggles. Who would you like to single out on Rick Carlisle's coaching staff? Well, how much time do you have? I think one of the things that I mentioned yeah. with that Memphis coaching staff is that they've stayed together. And, yeah. and one pl- one coach they have, David McClure, was a former Pacers assistant Great that I got guy. to know. And he's Great been guy. there for – Great guy. Yeah, he's been there three or four years. And so one of the best things about this offseason is that even though last season the Pacers struggled a lot and they went through a little bit of a transformation in terms of what they're trying to do from a roster, they kept that staff together. So you start with Lloyd Pierce behind the scenes. He is someone that does – you can just look at him and say he's going to be a head coach again. He had that experience in Atlanta – and Rick Carlisle trusts him with that, you know, associate head coach responsibility. Ronald Norad during games, we're going to hope to mic him up at some point. <laughs> we need we're Coach Norad mic'd up for sure. The Butler scrapper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they're trying at times to change some defenses. They want to do, you know, they want to be able to excel at their base defense. But when he's changing defenses and he's yelling out yeah. assignments and switches, it's fun to watch. And so I've enjoyed – I enjoyed covering Ronald Nora just like I enjoyed covering Dane Fife, and now it's fun to see him in this level. And then Jenny Busick, I, I was really – I caught myself on Monday's game when T.J. McConnell had 25 points in the first half and four for four from outside the heart. <laughs> every time every time he made a shot, I, I looked at Jenny, and, and she kind of had a little bit of a, you know, a sparkle in her, her eye and a smile because she's been someone that has been trying over the last couple of years to get in that confidence – and so much of it, she said, is he tries too hard, he thinks too much about it. If he just shoots it yeah. and lets it go, then then he has a chance to make more. And, and all of a sudden, after a good game Monday and then today, I think you look at his three-point stats, he's at 43 or 44%. So, so maybe teams will go over on the screens, and then he can beat them to the basket. And then uh, Mike Weiner, um, assistant coach, that really does a good job as well. And, and i got to mention – the IU guy, Calvert Chaney, Dane, uh, you, got, you, all, you guys got to stick together, and he's doing no a really question. good job in player development as well. Jeremiah Johnson, thank you for the insight here. Again, Nuggets tomorrow night, then a quick turnaround going to Phoenix to see a shorthanded Suns team, but always tough on the road against one of the best in the West. Uh, safe rest of the trip, JJ. Looking forward to seeing this team back at the field house with Halliburton back out there. Right? Rep us well out there, JJ. Dane, I, I'll blame it on a, my IFB was just too loud. I, I couldn't hear you trying to get my attention. <laughs> I totally understand. That, most, most people were just trying to ask me if I could get them an autograph of John Morant. So I was, I was, trying, to try <laughs> no. to, I was trying to ignore most people that yelled my name on Saturday. The real story is JJ was saying, Jamie Burns, pretend like you're talking to me. Fife's trying to wave me down. I do not I do not need this right now. Just What, what was that? All right, do the head. Hey, I, JJ, appreciate you. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, JJ. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, interesting thought on, look, these games, Dane, haven't been particularly close outside of the Hawks game. The Pacers, they got to piece it together a little bit better 
Rick Carlisle admitted as much last night. Uh, the turnover is just unacceptable, preposterous, according to Coach Carlisle. Charlie Clifford of Wish TV, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook. No movement thus far today on the Colts' coaching search. It's been a much quieter week in terms of you already had seven in, you're waiting on five more. All five, with the exception of Jeff Saturday, are still in it. They have game plans they put together. You make the requests early. You kind of wait to see when these teams lose. Um, the one note across the league, Byron Leftwich is out as the Bucks offensive coordinator. Hoosiers, Illini, tonight, 8.30 tip-off. Jason Benetti, Illinois, a seven-point favorite at home. Purdue, Minnesota, 13.5-point favorite for Matt Painter's team. Uh, my colleague Angel Morian was out at practice yesterday with the Boilers, Fletcher Lawyer, Player of the Week in the Big Ten, Dane Fife, And we've touched on Lawyer. The pairing of the Braden Smith-Fletcher Lawyer backcourt, will it hold up the entirety of this season? Is that a fair question? I don't know. But it seems to be in the back of every Purdue fan's mind is this too good to be true with these freshmen who have stepped in here and have looked anything but freshmen through 17 games? Look, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer know exactly what their role is, and they've got a future Hall of Fame coach that's well-connected with them, and he's been connected with them since probably they committed to Purdue. What I see there is I see two leaders right now in Purdue uniform that are going to lead for years to come, and I think without question, this is a Purdue team that can go all the way. Now, whether that happens or not remains to be seen, of course. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to put that on Purdue because it's not fair at this point. And it's not fair for me to make that call because I don't know. (laughs) I I don't feel like they're there yet. But if they stay healthy and they continue to hone their offense, you're going to have a team that can play on both sides of the ball at an elite level and put themselves in position to win a national championship. You forecasted this. Jimmy Cook, I got a text from Dane Fife long before Purdue's season opener even, and you saw something. What did you see early on that made you believe? Because this team was unranked. Matt Painter said it yesterday. It's been fun this year because there were no expectations. There was no chatter. But we knew what was put in this summer. And we saw what was coming. He is not surprised. But he has enjoyed, unlike last year with the return of Jaden Ivey, he's automatically a national player of the year in the conversation. They're automatically picked at the top of the conference. It's been a a tale of two stories here. Yeah. Well, you know, being a 10-year guy for Coach Izzo, we had a player by the name of Miles Bridges, so one Mm. and done. Potential. We had a player by the name of uh, Jaron Jackson, potential one and done. Um the problem with one and dones is a it's not a problem it's one the pressure you put on yourself as a coach is difficult in and of itself when you're trying to coach a team but two when you have a one and done player that you feel like you have to deliver for it's human nature that you put pressure on yourself the third component to that is the pressure that the player the one and done potential player puts on himself yep so as I watched Purdue last year, I saw all the things that we went through at Michigan State in dealing with either one-and-done players or... Surefire lottery picks. Of course, Mr. Ivy, Jaden Ivy, was not a one-and-done. He was a two-and-done. but Right? Two-and-done? Correct. But nonetheless, 
I kind of grouped those players in the same category because I could see the three pressures. Coach putting it on himself. Coach feeling like he has to deliver for the player. Player feeling like he has to deliver for the player. And it's paralyzing at times. And you could see kind of the Purdue, you could see the struggles that Purdue was going through. The ball is moving, and it's going through the most dynamic center we've seen in the college game since when, Dane Fife. When is the last time you saw a seven-footer playing this efficiently with the ability to hit free throws and the ability to stay on the floor like Zach Eady? Is there anyone that comes to mind in recent memory? Well, it's been a while. You know, I, I think back to the Big Ten days of... Uh, Why does his, his, the Beat's name pop in my head at UConn? The Beat. Um, he was a monster. You know, Jared Selinger was a lot that way in, at Ohio State. Um, and this is a Matt Painter team that he's really started gaining, garnering success under. You know, the team that kind of wind the defense up with guys coming off screens along the baseline. They either have the chance to shoot it, to drive it, or dump it into the big. And it makes for a really, really good offense to where everybody gets everybody gets a taste of the ball. And um, I think defensively is where they're making some hay right now. And Zach Eady's a big part of that scenario. So from in that vein, I see a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar type defense. <laughs> You know, the the UCLA days of when Kareem played. And none of us were alive for that. We're alive for that. So we can all we can all ima- just use our imaginations. You just gave us a layup line to this nugget. Today, 49 years ago, Bill Walton and the UCLA Bruins took the floor against Notre Dame and Digger Phelps. And for the first time in 88 games, UCLA lost. That was 49 years ago today. Now, what year was that? That would have been 70, well, do the math, 50 years tomorrow. That's my fault. It's my fault, Jimmy. So that would have been uh, 73? 74, 74, because next year would be the, the 50th anniversary. That's my fault, guys. We would have loved to have Walton on. Um But that was an interesting segue there. Great considering, segue. Hey, That's what uh, professionals do let right me, there. You have proven yourself to be a pro this afternoon. This is Dane Fife, by the way, you're listening. Some of you are just joining us on the fan. Who is this familiar voice? Dane Fife is with us not only today, but tomorrow. And today is a great first quarter with Dane because of the college basketball slate. Jimmy Cook here as well. We're going to continue to monitor the Cookster. Um, I am an uncle. I'm dumping it down to the other block now. Back to the IU conversation. So many people are wondering... Is Dan Fife cheering for IU this year? How have you watched IU through games this season, Dane Fife? Because anyone who's pulling up a bar stool next to you, that's it, probably the first question you're going to ask. Oh, what do you, what do you think about this this crew? How have you watched the team this year? Well, I've been to a few games. Been to yeah. three. Went to the uh, Wisconsin game this weekend, and you know, if you're in it, in it for the right reasons, a lot mm-hmm. of times you just become. Um, essentially ingrained in what the players what the what the players families um and overall the team psyche the team mindset and that's i still feel like i'm part of the team in that sense of you know i'm watching a miller cop or a trace out on the floor and can't help but just as strange as it sounds 
feel for them like they're my own family. And that's just the way it is. You know, I've, there's still players on the Michigan State team that I recruited or that I coached, you know, like a Joey Hauser or Malik Hall. And I went and I mentioned I went and watched the Grizzlies play the Pacers and I recruited Jaron Jackson. You know, I still talk to his mom and dad, Xavier Tillman. I still talk to his mom and, and um, want to know about his family. I mean, my wife and I babysit, babysat Xavier Tillman's daughter when he was at Michigan <laughs> State. And so I guess to sum it up, you ask the question, do I still watch uh, IU basketball? Absolutely. Do I still cheer for IU basketball? Absolutely. And that's just the way it's going to be for me. And a lot of people want to hear, heck no. Root for him to get beat every game. Nah, it's not like that. Um, I had a bad, you know, I had one bad experience there, and and uh, otherwise, most of it, ninety nine percent of it, had been nothing but great experiences. Appreciate that perspective Charlie, from Dane you're, Fife. You're tearing up. I, hey man, hang in there. It's Charlie. nice that you've taken the high road here. Let's the face highest. it. I think a lot of people is is he just saying that? You know, I know Jimmy was, Jimmy's looking at me like you just year. had a bad taste of beer. Jimmy, what are you drinking are you over there? <laughs> He's giving me the bitter uh, well, beer taste. It's water, but is it water? That's the guess. Did you know Trace Jackson Davis was going to be able to elevate to this level when you watched him? Uh, was he being recruited at all by Michigan well, State? Well, Trace was another guy that that I recruited and and uh Dwayne Stevens and I who's now the head coach at Western Michigan uh, we were of the impression that it was between us and, and IU. And Trace made his decision to go to Indiana. It was fine, but I'll say this, and I've said it forever. He'll go down as one of my favorite people ever to coach. Why? People wanted because he was so coachable. And I sat with um, a couple of friends the other night, and they're like, well, you know, what do you mean so coachable? I just – Guys, look, it's not rocket science. If you spend time with these guys, um, you, you, you make some mistakes, of course. But if they really start to trust you, they'll, they'll literally do anything you ask. And that's why Trace is one of my favorite players, hmm. because he didn't have any reason really to trust me. He didn't have any reason to like me or do what I asked. He just did. And we had our we had our confrontations, but that's the sign of a good coach-player relationship. When you got a really good player, you're not always. It's not always going to be rosy. No. And when you really care about somebody, it's not always going to be fun and games. And that's what I say. He's one of the most coachable players and people that I've ever spent time with. And I miss. I miss that part. I miss the chance to have, be able to coach a guy like Trace, and I miss it a lot. Trace Jackson Davis, along with Zach Eady, the only two players in America at the moment averaging 17 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks a game. You legitimately do have arguably the two best post players in America in the basketball state. This is Charlie Clifford of Wish TV, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook, Jeff Saturday, this just in, interviewed for the head coaching position with Jim Ursay today. Details on that story. You've waited for it for over a week and a half. It's finally arrived. We'll get to it next on The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, 
and everything in between. Oh, no, no, no. The storm is already here, Indianapolis. 4-12-1. and The calm before the storm came and went long ago for the Indianapolis Colts. And now, a major development in the search for the next permanent head coach. Jeff Saturday spoke with Jim Ursay, Chris Ballard, Ed Dodds, whomever else had access to that interview this afternoon. Jeff Saturday has officially interviewed for the head coaching vacancy in Indianapolis. Jim Ursay made a decision after the season to not elect to tell Jeff Saturday, essentially, I'm sorry, and I apologize for having to wear that 1-7 finish over the final nine weeks of the season. Instead, he was given the right, along with what looks to be at least 11 others, to compete for this opening. And what Jeff Saturday told us after the season, again, this is Charlie Clifford of Wish TV, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook with you this afternoon until the 3 o'clock hour. Jeff Saturday made it very clear um, he didn't feel like the interim portion gave him a proper shake at changing the culture and implementing his, his inner workings, essentially, for this franchise. Nine weeks was not enough in Jeff Saturday's mind. He left it at that. He said significant changes would be on the way if he was kept. One can assume the coaching staff would look completely different, potentially on both sides of the football. We truly don't know how well everyone got along. No one threw Jeff Saturday under the bus, whether that was a inexperienced or veteran player in the locker room. No assistant said, are you kidding me? You think I'm going to talk nicely about this guy who I was passed over so he could come in to tell me what to do after I've been grinding for nine months, in some cases, Bubba Ventrone for four plus years. Everyone said the right things, including Jeff Saturday from a public relations standpoint, I thought handled the end of the season brilliantly. Um, He did not add any fuel to the fire of what we all knew was a team going nowhere and going nowhere fast. It appears he won over the locker room to some degree. I th- I think it is honest when we heard from the likes of DeForest Buckner, Ryan Kelly, that, no, I, I appreciate what Jeff did. I'm a big fan of Jeff. We heard a few endorsements as the season ended. Again, no one took that alternative path of, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it went too well. So, Dane Fife brought up a very interesting point earlier on the show, and we're going to revisit it right now. Again, if you're just joining us, Jeff Saturday is officially interviewed for the head coaching opening now a few weeks after the season's ended. Dane, you are curious who has endorsed Jeff Saturday from inside the building behind the scenes. Who can convince Jim Ursay to continue on this odyssey with one of his favorite players of all time, someone who he surely considers to be almost a son. How much will that weigh in the grand scheme of things during the search in terms of who has gone to bat for Jeff Saturday, who has gone out of their way to do it? Yeah, and I'm not I'm not sure how it works in the NFL business. I'm really not. What I'm trying to say is, and, and I don't think Jeff Saturday would be the type that would lobby internally, try to get the players, but th- this comes from kind of an intuition that the leaders of the team have. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for somebody to stick their neck out. 
uh, for somebody that they believe in. And that doesn't mean that if the current players of the Colts don't stick their neck out for somebody they don't believe in that particular coach, Jeff Saturday, and who we're talking about. But um, I just think it's interesting when when you've got a team that that supposedly has their type of leaders that they don't say anything. And maybe they are, but I, I would like to know, and I'd be curious to know um, who those team leaders are and why or why – is it not important enough to speak up, go to the owner, and tell the owner what what they think should be done? It's a difficult situation for some because you're right. Chris Ballard has drafted and acquired players based on character for six seasons now. And DeForest Buckner, Ryan Kelly, Jonathan Taylor, you go down the list. The best players are also very high character. But the best players also know this, Dane Fife. The Colts need a franchise quarterback and in order to move up either to the one spot with the Chicago Bears or otherwise inside further inside the top four one of these players will be traded and very I think you know Ballard admitted the roster needs to get better this roster has not worked it's now been broken for a complete season and going into this previous season the final two weeks of the season so do you speak up when you know, I'm already seeing my name in trade talks. I'm already hearing the Bears, hey, they need talent right now, specifically on defense, specifically at wide receiver. Why Why should I speak up when I, maybe I'm thinking, I kind of want to get out of here. I'm I'm going to sit back and You know, the irony of, else of us having this conversation, I'm watching Draymond Green on, on NBA <laughs> highlights, and I, I just go back to the year that I had with Draymond Green at Michigan State, you know, I was talking to him the other day, ironically, when he got thrown out of the game against the Pacers. But, um, well, what would Draymond Green do? He'd go right to the GM and the owner. And I think there's nobody that has a pulse on a program or a team like the players do. And the common thought as you na- if if you're an NFL player, you navigate this business world. Is you got to bet on yourself. So unless you know you're getting traded, you uh, it's almost to me if I'm an NFL player and I'm a leader of the program, or I have a pulse on the team, I'm going to the leaders of the program to make sure that we're getting the right guy. They also the players know. Don't think that the Miami Dolphins don't talk to the Colts and the Colts don't talk to the Jaguars and the Jaguars don't talk to the Lions. They know who the coaches are. <laughs> they know who these the talent is in the yeah, league. Not a they mystery. know the kind of coach, potential coach that has the ability to to make or break a team. Why keep your mouth shut? Yeah. Why not? Everybody win. Everybody eats if you get the right guy. You know, you listen to these coaches say that stuff all the time. If everybody does their job, then everybody eats. Well, these players know that. They don't have to speak publicly. They don't have to put it out on Twitter who they think could be the next head coach or should be. But this is your livelihoods. I mean, if you still enjoy winning and if you value winning and you're a former or a, and you're a player, you go to ownership. You go to Chris Ballard. You go to these types of people that make these decisions that generally are one foot in on on the knowledge of of what's really going on with the team. 
And this brings us to this point. You had a chance to go to bat for Jeff Saturday. In fact, you had eight chances, and you won one of them. And ultimately, we all know, had Jeff Saturday gone 500, this would be a completely different discussion. Jim Irsay would have plenty on paper to point towards. But instead, you lost seven in a row, the worst losing streak here in over a decade. You, outside of the offensive line in spurts in the running game, did not improve in any facet. You did not change your mentality to the point where your quarterback got his ribs blown up and there's a guy celebrating in front of your face and you didn't do anything about it. I didn't see enough of the intangible changes. Everyone said, oh, Frank Reich's too nice. He won't challenge players. Okay. I saw Jeff Saturday giving high fives to Sam Ellinger after he threw a pick six the last week of the season. I don't want to make it sound like it was hip, hip, hooray, but there wasn't a noticeable change in demeanor on the sideline. Jeff Saturday was very much a pump-up guy, Mr. Positive all the time. Was he talking to more position groups during the game? Was he making sure he went around to speak to more players where Frank was literally glued to his play sheet, glued to the game? You would not see Frank Reich outside of a short conversation with the quarterback talk to anyone. So yes, there was a change there, but not in terms of, hey, this guy's going to come in and flip the table over and start screaming people's heads off when it sounded like, you know, okay, this team... Do they need that guy? Do they need to just be shook to the to the point of it just sounds completely different? And my answer to that is yes. And I think Chris Ballard, if he had his way, Bubba Ventrone, the special teams coach, who naturally comes from that. He, he was a special teams assassin, you know, undersized. He's played that way his whole life. He's coached that way his whole life. His unit has actually produced... And his name's Bubba for crying out loud. His name's Bubba. He's from Pittsburgh. He's tough. That question has come and gone. They made their decision to go with Jeff. And and to me, the interview has happened. Now you wonder. Surely that that room is closed and you're looking around saying, is Jim Irsay finally ready to say that this is over? Because if he's not, if if Jeff Saturday walked out of that room and Jim Irsay has not been convinced otherwise, Jeff Saturday's chances of getting this job just went up exponentially. Yeah, it's it's a tough scenario because if they hire Coach Saturday, the mistake they'll have made is open it up to interviews. Because every little splinter of trust, every little sliver, to me, that erodes trust. If if you hire Jeff Saturday to keep Jeff Saturday, then then don't do the interviews. You keep Jeff Saturday. Now, in fairness, I don't understand the – the, the hiring process, yeah, the, the hiring rule rules in the, yes. of the NFL, I don't. So I will, I will pre-apologize. But you cannot ex- expect a level of trust that needs to happen if you're going to say, "Hey, look, well, I'm not, I'm hiring you, and now I'm not so sure." Maybe Jeff Saturday can get over that. I don't know, but um, I know this: that it's hard enough to be in a, to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have a situation like you did, if when they hired Jeff Saturday, Coach Saturday's idea should his his first the first words out of his mouth say, "Okay, look, I'm kind of in a tryout too, but I want you to know everybody's this is a tryout. There are no positions that are locked in. Right, and this he is said a tryout that. moving into the following year. Unfortunately, he didn't really have that ability, which I think it really makes him 
go to a fight with with one arm tied behind him his back hopefully it wasn't his dominant arm hopefully it was maybe his left arm if he's a righty you know what i mean jimmy jimmy knows well it's funny you you mentioned that because jim ursay's quote the night he was introduced is i'm not sending my best fighter into the ring to get pummeled and now you're sitting and looking at a one in seven close again if you're just joining us on the fan jeff saturday interviewed today with the colts we'll continue to monitor that story dane fife jimmy cook charlie clifford IU in Illinois tonight. Fife's thoughts on the Hoosiers. Plus, can Purdue get off to its best start in program history? Yes, that is on the line tonight at Minnesota. We're back in two. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The song that will forever be tied to the Chicago Cubs running out onto the field at the most glorious place to watch baseball on this planet. Van Halen taking you into the 3 o'clock hour. Charlie Clifford, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook. We have some numbers for you tonight. Jimmy Cook, Inside Intel. That's right now. The Jay Cook Plays of the Day. This is me, all right? I'm not a athlete. This is my way. This is how I win. Today's Plays of the Day, we're going to take the Brooklyn Nets to one of the money lines, snap their losing streak. They're in Phoenix against the Suns in college basketball. Going to scoop the seven on the Hoosiers. They're getting plus seven tonight at Illinois. Going to take Michigan State on the money line over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And across the pond in the Premier League, going to take Manchester City to win over Tottenham. 0-2 yesterday, plays on Twitter, at the J. Cook. Jimmy Cook, did you just try to avoid conflict he with did. Dane Fife by taking the Sparties over Rutgers? I would never. Be honest. They should have gotten Purdue. <laughs> they're not going to stumble twice. I at like Breslin, they're not going to do it. They're going to they're take care of Rutgers tonight. I like that. Jimmy Cook, Dane Fife, Charlie Clicker, Clifford, Dane Fife, Jimmy Cook, who's the second best team in the Big Ten right now? Jimmy. Man. Wow, this finally ask a good question today. It took two and two hours and fifty minutes. Fighting. I mean, it's gotta be Rutgers, right? I mean, from a record standpoint, from and I love Steve standpoint. Peichel. Like I like I know I'm picking against him tonight, but it it's you, you look at the conference standings and ranking, it's gotta be Rutgers. I go fighting Illini. I think they're just hot. And that's what it's all about is who's hot and when and the Illini are hot. Seven point favorite for the Illinois fighting squad. undies. Fighting, fighting undies. undies. Brad Underwood fighting undies. Does Indiana win tonight, Jimmy and Dane Fife? I'll let you go first. No. I know uh, I'm going to catch heat for this. Here's the good news I feel like Indiana is going to come on and come on in a hurry, but I don't think this is a game that they can get done tonight simply because Illinois is really hot. They're playing well, and I think it's a tough environment for Indiana to go into um, at this point. But I, I will say, Indiana fans, fellow Hoosiers, fellow Hoosiers, as Dodd Fisher would say, we are coming. The Hoosiers are coming on, and they're coming on in a major fashion post-Illinois game. Dane Fife weighs in. Jimmy Cook, your thoughts? The Hoosiers haven't beaten Illinois since 2019. In the regular season. I had my doubts about 
the consistency level of Wisconsin, but the fact that they beat them down made me get back on the reassurance train of, okay, IU is going to turn this around and this mm-hmm. is going to be a nice season. Maybe not where they were projected to be. I do agree with Dane, though. It's a Brad Underwood's group is always ready to go. It's a very talented roster. It's a tough place to play. I think Jimmy's it's close. I have them covering, but I, I'm Ooh. going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm going to say Illinois ultimately wins. Illinois wins. Okay, Jimmy, uh, fighting undies. If the fighting will. undies, I apologize. <laughs> fighting undies. Put it on t-shirt. We're yeah. printing the t-shirts here in the drive. Hubler.com studios. Yeah, there's a little hole in the undies, but they're coming on strong. Does Purdue cover the 13 and a half against the last place team in the Big Ten in the barn with the raised floor tonight? Thane Fife, what happens in that contest? The barn, for some reason, is a great shooting gym. Well, I got news for you. Mm-hmm. Purdue's a great shooting team. Minus Zach Eady, they win. With Zach Eady, they cover. And I don't even think it's close. I think the, the Boilers are probably probably one of the better scoring teams with Zach Eady in play in the country. And I think it, that is factually I think it rings true in Gopher Town tonight. Rebounding margin, free throw margin. Matt Painter's team, the number one ranked team in America in both departments. Jimmy Cook does Purdue cover. Yeah, okay. they do cover. That's all we need in to know. In the answer of brevity, I'm just going to go, yes, they, they do cover. Jeff Saturday is officially interviewed for the Colts head coaching vacancy. That is the news this afternoon in Indianapolis. It appears Jim Irsay allowed Saturday to take a few weeks, get his plan together, and now he has given that plan to Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay. We'll continue to monitor the interviews this week. But again, those that have been requested to speak with Colts Brass still playing on Saturday and Sunday. So that's why it's been a bit of a quiet week. But hey, maybe this was the week Saturday convinced Irsay. Again, he has to convince one person that he needs more time. And walking out of that interview, was Jim Irsay swayed to the point where he knows Jeff Deserves it in his mind, or he doesn't. I think, I think Jim Mersey probably knows right now what he's going to do in terms of is Jeff Saturday going to stay on, or do you go look at the other pool of twelve so far to interview Dane Fife? It's been a blast up here. Uh, best of luck with the huge contest tonight. Uh, this is this takes precedent over Purdue and IU. What's going on? in your neck of the woods tonight. Well, we've got the um, Jackson Creek Jaguars going against the Columbus North. I don't even know their nickname, and I don't want to know. Storied rivalry between the two. But we got Quinley Fife, number 43, seventh grade girls, Jackson <laughs> Creek Jaguars, averaging a double-double. She's going to bring the heat tonight along with her teammates. I'll be there. Look out, referees. And you know what? Look out, <laughs> Illinois fighting Illini. The Hoosiers are coming. Although I didn't pick them to win, I'll be wearing my candy stripes. Let's go, Hoosiers. Let's Let's go, Jaguars. Let's get those dubs. Let's go, Dane Fife. He's back tomorrow. Charlie Clifford also returning with you. Jimmy Cook will be here as well. We'll have reaction to Purdue's contest in Minnesota. Also, as we've mentioned, IU, Illinois tonight. Pacers get the Nuggets tomorrow. And now we wait and see if there is more news to come out of what exactly Jeff Saturday said to Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard today. Uh, Saturday gets his crack at it, and we'll be back at it tomorrow. Charlie Clifford and Dave Fife, it has been an absolute blast. Jimmy Cook, thanks for piecing all the sound together. And to whoever that gentleman was in Boone, North Carolina, speeding on your tractor at 20 miles an hour for an hour as the police chased you, try to shoot out your tires, 
you got off your tractor, you got tased. Uh, we hope you're having a better day than you did yesterday. You have about 54 seconds. Oh. You did not answer our questions or the questions you poised to us about tonight's games. Are you taking the Hoosiers or are you taking Illinois? And does Purdue win and cover? I'm taking Illinois. Um, I do think Purdue covers as well. I wish I could change it. Purdue shot the three ball, I think, around 42% over the last seven or eight games. They started the year right around 30 Dane, as you mentioned, they are firing on all cylinders now. And That's the, the Gophers I was looking for, yes. The Gophers will not be the team to stand in the way of the Eden machine. All cylinders, unlike the John Deere machine. That apparently the guy made it. They shot out the tires and he was still going. Again, that's the most it's the best story we've they heard all week. make a movie out of that. <laughs> I think we Days have the thunder. two directors right here. Jimmy's the producer. John Derek Thomas. Jam V, the ride, starts at three. He's in in two minutes.